Hello, this is the audio-only version of the Council on Future Conflicts. If you prefer video, please join us on the Future Conflicts channel on YouTube. If you'd like to watch the show live and participate in the chat, the show begins at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, as well as a special Saturday evening show at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, sharing our show with friends, and reviewing us on your podcasting app of choice. Now on with the show. It is Wednesday, and uh, this is the Council on Council on Future Conflicts. My name is Scott. I am the proprietor of uh, the Future Conflict channel, and this is episode 75. Uh, and once again, we've got the classic quorum all in the house. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good day, and, and we've got luscious wheat to look at. Uh, Joe, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well and good. I'm looking forward to separating the wheat from the chaff. Uh, a little, right. little hat tip to our uh, our show thing. Um, you know, as far as classic council, there, there used to be a guy named Mark on here, but he is now dead to us. So uh, until he gets out of sequel, he's not allowed back on the show. <laughs> I get the feeling that he will never again appear on the show. Uh, so seriously, I, I, that reminds me, I put out the post about the Iranian guy uh, being wanted for that shooting. And somebody goes, is this someone trying to live action the sequel? Uh, a little bit funny. Well, I, I said the other day that we were living in a simulation, and Mark Sibley is 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 the is the writer of the simulation and has decided to insert himself as a self insert into his own story. Right. So. Do Do right. we know that Mark actually wrote the first book or not? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just saying that y'all need to be careful. I think Mark has secretly found a way to monetize questions about the sequel, and thus not ever putting out the sequel has become more valuable oh, it is, to him. It has been it has been the classic Robodope marketing strategy. That's for, it, oh, yeah. it is. It is. <laughs> this, this is this is this is the best uh, indie literature uh, marketing strategy I've ever seen. Well, um, between so. that and his claim to be six foot three. Uh, because he once stood next to Demp McGee uh, and made him feel tall. I don't know where this comes from. <laughs> I'm just let, letting you guys know that he's at least active in our chat. So he could be listening. He might be hurting his feelings. I, I hope he is. I hope he is. I, I hope I do hurt his feelings. I, you were going to say I'm, the same thing. I'm, I'm the, pretty sure that's literally why they were saying it, but okay. The, the, as I say, you know, the irony is if, if we knew he wasn't, if he knew, if we knew he wasn't watching this, we wouldn't say anything, you know, because it wouldn't be any fun. Yeah. True. It'd be a waste of energy otherwise. That's trying, exactly trying, to, right. trying to go to response. Speaking of goading responses, Stan. How angry are you doing today. Angry, 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 angry man today. It's uh, so we've hit, uh, a, we've hit a sea change. It's an inflection point. It's active measures from here on out. I'll tell you. I think so, yesterday you became uh, became Mrs. JD's favorite follow. So, no, really. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, she was loving your stuff yesterday. So, I, I'm well, di- I'm angry. And, and, so, so we will transfer the uh, laser eyes from Ron over to Stan today. Unless Ron, you know, are you uh, are you also fired up? Or are you enjoying uh, some nice weather? Uh, nice weather. It was a very nice, cool night. Love mountain weather. It's um, it's pretty good. Yeah, elements of the duchy got four inches of snow last night. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
Love that June snow. You know, you know, you really can't claim the duchy until you actually physically occupy it. You know, this 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 government in exile crap is is that's that's like World War Two stuff. You know, it's like not government in exile. You, you, you you come, German little tell you what, tell you what, I'll pick you up in Deadwood. You can come help pull barbed wire with me. How about that? <laughs> huh? I don't use barbed wire. We use we use Constantino wire. Okay, well, we use barbed wire because well, we're trying to keep I will, stuff out and keep stuff in. I will point out that uh, for no reason whatsoever that you can buy 500 feet of concertina wire from Home Depot for $300. Well, and it comes in 10, 50-foot sections. So made in China. That seems like a bargain. Yeah, it is. I don't know. All right. So, uh, Ron, uh, hope you're, you're doing good. Uh, weather's nice. Uh, anything else going on down there in, uh, in your neck of the woods? Nope. Nope. Nice, nice, quiet times. What's, what's going on with your attorney general? They're trying to run him out of town on a rail. What's going on with that? <laughs> oh, God. Um, we, we, could, we could spend a half hour on All right. Suffice to say, um, the short version is, um, he was coming back from a, a Republican function about a year ago. I, I don't know. I guess it was a year ago. I don't remember. Um, and he was busy doing something on his phone, wasn't paying attention, and he hit and killed a guy. Oh, wow. And uh, oh. he, um, yeah, so he uh, he claimed he didn't know what it was. He thought it was a deer, blah, blah, blah. He left the scene came back the next day with a sheriff who is now deceased. No, it's not. He didn't get Clintonized or anything like that. The <laughs> dude was sick, uh, old and sick. Um, you know, like somehow the guy's head through the windshield wasn't a clue. Uh, his glasses on your, on your front seat wasn't a clue. Uh, he managed to wiggle it down to a couple of misdemeanors and uh, was just pretty, he didn't accept responsibility for the accident. He tried to blame the victim. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, he got like he got impeached. Yeah, yeah, something like that. He got impeached by the uh, by the state house of representatives, and uh, I guess this week, next week, whenever is the uh, is the Senate trial. And um, did yeah, this so, happen? In, did this happen in Chappaquiddick? Where did it happen? No, this happened in eastern uh, South Dakota. Uh, no, that's the other end from kind of your neck of the woods, right? Yeah, that's the the flat, boring part. I knew a girl well, like that once. God, you're in rare form this morning. <laughs> I am fired up today. Full, full, full points for that one. That's a good one. <laughs> right out, right, right out of the, off the top rope. Oh man, how? I can, I can think on my feet, man. Yeah. Mm. Well, so speak of, speaking of people who are uh, in rare form, Mike, how are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm kind of watching the uh, the chat, you know, the chats. Chat's on this one. Stangry Hacho Canales. Yeah. Stangry is a new is a new awesome. phrase. Very nice. I, I, I'm down with that. <laughs> I know how you feel though, Stan. I know how you feel. I I I got you. Yeah, I I I I, I just I'm I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna swallow this shit anymore. It's I so, wish I, I wish you had told me a little bit before we we got here. I'd have, I'd have rigged up a good laser eye stand. No, so, no, that's a, someone have, someone in the bomb. chat someone someone in the chat's going to be on the f bomb watch for Stan. Let's let's keep a count. 
we're going to keep the count. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I'll try to do this in a responsible manner, um, but I can't guarantee it. So. As do I. As do I. Oh, why start yeah. now, Stan? Jeez. <laughs> well, there is that. Council on Future Ron Flicks. I like that one. <laughs> and uh, Watcher, how are you doing this morning? I am doing fantastic, Scott. Just a couple updates for the chat, everybody. I have got all of the current orders packed, uh, stamped. They're all in their boxes, and all of the domestic ones, all the ones bound to the CONUS, they, uh, they went out last night. Uh, this morning, I need to go after the show and go buy some international stamps, and then all of those international ones are going to be going out. By the way, thank you guys so much to all of our international followers. And uh, just a quick announcement to anybody who didn't see the Twitter feed, all the patches are now sold out. Ooh. So what did that take us? Just a little over a week, huh? About two. Yeah, almost two weeks. But uh, to be very honest, chat, when we uh, when we were figuring this initially, we uh, we weren't sure we were going to be able to sell out a hundred within a month. So, this is very exciting. <laughs> well, I tell you, you know, I mean, this is this is the f kind of a good proof of concept. I mean, this is you know, you guys seem to be interested in something that's cool and well made, and uh, it's an interesting product. It's representative of what we do here at the uh, at the council. So uh, you know, look for some more stuff coming uh, in the in the you know weeks and months ahead. Uh, we're not going to, like, uh, continuously uh, bombard you guys. You know, probably the next step we do will just be, you know, items that will be available uh, kind of in, in perpetuity going forward. Um, you know, yep. whether it's we're a working. patch or a T-shirt or some, you know. And the stickers, of course, are, are still available. They're not limited. So we'll be looking at, you know, kind of unlimited items in the, in the near future. So that if you can't afford something now, you can just wait a few months and, and it'll be available still. Also, um, I, uh, I, I want to announce... And stuff like 762 steel ammunition, right? Oh, I wish. I think I might need a different permit for that. <laughs> different different permit than stickers. I wish we could do uh, CFC branded, uh, you know, ammo. That'd be cool. You know, I, I you know again, I... Uh, CFC branded K-Bars. You know so what? That's MC. We know some knife makers. They wouldn't be K bars per se. Hmm. Oh, whoa, whoa. Hey, Man. that's a big super chat. Ooh, Charlie. Well, fifty dollars Canadian. If uh, if you guys are starting a duchy, do you uh, do you need bannermen? As I, I guess, I fear I may not be good with a sword, but I know how to make them. See, look, maybe Charlie's the one that needs to be making some knives for us. Well, Char Charlie's the blacksmith, right? Like he, That's he right. talked about this. He's a, he's a real blacksmith. That'd be kind of cool if we could. Uh, Char Charlie, we're we're gonna have keep keep an eye out because in August we're gonna have tryouts. And I don't know where you are in Canada, but but we're not that far from the Canadian borders. Well, you may so, have to first rescue uh, Mike and then bring him down to the duchy. Uh, just a. Uh, just a couple a couple more quick gear announcements. So as Scott mentioned, we do have T-shirts in the works. Um, we've, we've got a couple of other things in the works, but I, I wanted to say um, I am working on, I just figured out how to do holographic stickers. Expect those to come out in a couple days. And we're also working on 
some branch out stuff with a couple of other creators who are part of this. Like we're going to be offering some tactical wisdom stickers, which apparently people have been begging for for a really long time now. Um, so yeah. look, look for those coming out probably within the next week or two. Yeah, it'll yeah. be cool. Uh, definitely the CFC website will be the place to get all of your kind of, uh, you know, anything related to these guys. Uh, if they want to sell it, we're willing to put it on the website, assuming it's uh, family friendly. Uh, none of that. Uh, we don't need any kind of, uh, you know, any weirdness on our website. I'll just leave it. At Why that. stop now? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, look at the family-friendly stuff we've already seen this month. I mean, you know, yeah. if if you can have uh, kids at a drag show, I mean, <laughs> the sky's the limit. I don't. I, I, I'm I'm going to try to hold off on this. For now. <laughs> I, that that was my first uh, intentional uh, uh, pro provocative statement of the night. Um, but to go, to go back to Charlie's point, to go back to Charlie's question, yeah. Um, uh, at Belsky Otriad is the PMC for the Duchy of Montana, and we will be doing tryouts in August. So. Recruits, recruitment. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we're always talking about, uh, you know, make your network right. You know, you can't just do it all on your own. You need to get with like-minded like people and help out and develop a, a community and a network. And so, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're in the Montana area, wouldn't be, we'll have, we'll have, you know, Mike's on his way to Whistler. We'll have him stop by and help grade out candidates or whatever. See what happens. Well, well I'll give him a knife and tell him I need the other blade sharpen and we'll see how it goes. Listen, yeah, we gotta I'm, I'm replying to this, to this blasphemy about the Fairbairn Sykes knife. We we gotta think about a knife. Uh, I think that's a that if if we were to do something, I think ask a knife for would a karambit. Be... Ask for a karambit. See what happens, chat. See what fucking no, happens. No, no. If you want Don't... an American knife, if you want an American knife, you want to get a Bowie knife. No substitutes. Yes. Yes. Watch or you can take your little cousin the K-Bar. I know. That, no, that, that Swiss, was me saying the Swiss same Army. thing. Swiss See what Army happens knives. when you ask for it. Swiss <laughs> Army knives. With oh, how many boy. tools? All of them. <laughs> Good Lord. I, I need He's a, got a I need steam a... jack and a... <laughs> I just, I'm begging I just, for the map. I'm begging for the map. Come on, let's go. <laughs> All I right, don't even know why Stan's angry. Well, you know, he, he he's going to get into it. He's going to get into it. I just wanted to know why you were angry, but I'll wait. I'll I'll be patient. I I want to I want to see the anger simmer somewhere. I guess uh, let's let let's let it build a little bit. I, yeah. All right. Yeah, you don't. All right, you let's don't do the map. You don't turn the TV before it's time. All right, so we got 75 people watching live right now. If you haven't hit the uh, like button already, please do. Uh, you know, it, smash that like button. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, uh, subscribe. It's free. Uh, and hit that bell for notifications. That'll let you know whenever we go live, uh, like today. Uh, we go live every Monday, Wednesday, yeah, hit that Friday. Like, like button like someone. Hit the like button like you just got a shipment of U.S. rocket launchers. There you go. Right in, in hit that like button like uh Ukraine's gonna hit uh Rostov. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ron, are you talking to your uh, screen again? We've told well, I'm trying that. not to interrupt. I'm just saying, just just do the map. Just, oh, just, boy. Just, just mispronounce all the place names and do the map, please. We, we're, we live for this. All right. The, the it, chat is living for this. Let's go. For uh, <laughs> under popular duress. Uh, okay, looking at Kharkiv, uh, Russian forces continue operational uh, offensive operations to push Ukrainian forces away from occupied front lines northeast of Kharkiv city. Um, Russian forces are also conducting ground assaults on Rubitsny uh, near uh, Stari uh, Saltiv and Vekni Saltiv in order to reestablish control of these points. Uh, a Russian telegram channel additionally claimed that Russian forces repelled a uh, Ukrainian counterattack at two settlements far north of Kharkiv city near the international borders. Russian forces continue indirect fire uh, attacks on and around Kharkiv city. And we've got a little bit of uh, Ar Artie uh, from that neck of the woods uh, to show you. Um, Watch, are you going to play that video? Yes, sorry, I was just answering a question in chat. Um, let me grab it. All right. So, yeah, in case there's other South Africans in the chat, just real quick. As far as the merch store, I know you guys feel bad. I, I didn't want to arrange shipping of small items like that to South Africa because they're so expensive. We're arranging a bulk merch exchange, a merch exchange with, um, with Gideon so that you guys can buy our stuff off of his site. Oh, yeah, yeah that's pretty smart. Um got some uh what are these d30s is what it looks like so some old school uh soviet arty you know i guess we're just not sending them enough of our modern u.s guns but i bet these uh these they work. sold them what are you talking about <laughs> you mean uh, sold them to ukraine or the ukraines are already sold them to, on well, to the ukrainians else? have sold them out the back door they never they never you know I don't know. I saw one blown up in a field uh, in in Ukraine, so it's kind of sad to see a, a, the first wreckage of a triple seven. Um, moving on to uh, Izum area, Russian forces continue to prepare for offensive operations towards Slovansk from the uh, southwest Izum and west Ly west of Lyman on June fourteenth. The Ukrainian general staff noted that Russian forces are focused. Focusing on uh, consolidating control of uh, Borodinichi, uh, a settlement near uh, Kharkiv Donat uh, Oblast uh, border, uh, about 20 kilometers northwest of Slovyansk. Um, Russian forces uh, are conducting artillery and ground attacks in other settlements to the northwest of Slovansk and will likely use uh, incremental gains in, or in this area to gain uh, road access uh, via the M3 highway and drive southeast Slovansk. Uh, the Ukrainian general staff also stated that Russian forces are additionally preparing for an offensive southwest of Lyman uh, towards Rajhorotok, um, indicating that uh, Russian forces intend to push towards Slovansk along the uh, T514 highway that runs through Lyman uh, from Lyman to uh, Reholdok uh, to Slovansk. And, uh, There's a $10 this... super chat, by the way. Okay, thank you. Charlie, I'd be happy uh, to send you guys some knives, but I think you would uh, have the same worry that you have, that most guys in, in fear of doxing. I'll post some pics of my knives uh, in Listen, the server. 
I'm I'm okay with that. I'll send me a knife. <laughs> also, we we have a we have a PO box for the council now, so you can just send them there. You know, in all honesty, I was I was trying to I was I was trying to find someone to work with to make a uh, tactical wisdom branded knife with like the logo and the handle. This is not a bad idea. Yeah, this is um, a good idea. I'll introduce you to the guys at Montana Knife Company. They are. They're going great guns. I the, the problem is they're so big. They, everything sells out within five minutes. Every drop yeah. that they do. Uh, That's the same thing with tour knives. He can't keep them in. Yeah. I mean, there's and his are not cheap. So yeah, the, all those custom knives companies, man. I mean, they make they do. I mean, there's so many that do such amazing work. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that are doing some really uh, kind of standard stuff. And there's other guys doing just some wazoo stuff that I've never even heard of. So it's just really it, cool seeing all the different, it's a good time to be a knife collector. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I understand, the only way to keep stuff in stock, if you wanted to do something like that is to find someone who, who has not yet made a name for themselves, but has good quality, which is, yeah. it's a difficult task. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Moving on. So this is, by the way, this is a little artillery action, uh, kind of south of Izum. Uh, I believe it's Russian artillery on uh, on Ukrainian positions. Um, moving over to Servodonetsk, uh, the Russian forces continued ground assaults within Servodonetsk and fought for control of the uh, Azot industrial plant. So my understanding is, as of uh, the last, as of yesterday. Um, Russia pretty much had seized all control of the entire town and destroyed uh, some of the bridges that would uh, deny the ability for uh, Ukrainians to relieve uh, defenders. Uh, and that essentially all the Ukrainian defenders had pulled back to the Azov, uh, Azot uh, industrial plant. Um, so the where Ukrainian we, generals, where have we seen this before? I know, right? I, but you know, it kind of makes sense if you think about how you know robust the construction is in some of these, you know, industrial yeah. facilities. I want to go hide in a chemical plant that they're going to rain ordnance down on. That's well, it that's may not be a it. chemical plant. Yes, it is. It is. Well, it is. I, I, I just want to point out that it, it is at least mildly better than the earlier portions of the war when it was, hey, I'm going to go hide out in a nursing home. Well, or, I, or, I'm a, or, or a nuclear reactor that's had a, a meltdown. I doubt this. I doubt this place has yeah. a, uh, a bunker complex underneath. Uh, the Ukrainian general staff reported. I, I don't know. Have you ever met Eastern to, Europeans? Uh, battalion, well, we'll see. Uh, if if we're if we're watching the server the next uh, in, you know thing go on for two months like we did with uh, uh, Mariupol, I mean it's you know it could it's likely it, or it could happen. Uh, so Russian so forces. What's the over under on NATO uh, general officers in the basement being... of this of this place? <laughs> At least one. At least <laughs> one. <laughs> this one will be a Belgian, I think. Maybe, maybe, maybe the French. Um, at least uh, two battalion tactical groups to the north of uh, Serbodonetsk around Kremina and Rapidsny. Uh, uh, but uh, as we've, we assess that these PTGs are uh, likely to function at full, uh, unlikely to be functioning at full combat capacity. 
Um, the Russian uh, Telegraph Channel additionally uh, claimed that Russian forces have encircled Ukrainian troops within the Azot uh, industrial plant, rendering evacuation or withdrawal from the plant impossible. Um, Russian forces have reportedly destroyed all three bridges spanning the Sivirsky Donetsk River um, from Severodonetsk to uh, Lyschansk. Uh, indicating that Russian forces are likely to seek to isolate Ukrainian defenders and server nets from their critical lines of communication uh, to complete the encirclement of the city at the cost of preventing Russian forces from easily crossing the river themselves uh, once they captured the, the city. Um, By Russian the way, I saw that Zelensky had authorized those guys who were trapped in Azov and Severodonetsk. He, he'd authorized them to surrender yesterday. I'll be honest with you, that's uh, that's the smart, you know, live to fight another day. Um, Russian forces conducted continued artillery strikes against the Servodonetsk, uh, Lyschansk uh, area and the uh, surrounding settlements. And so we've got, uh, let's see, let's see that bridge video. This is pretty gnarly looking, guys. I mean, this is the kind of thing that we, so this is right before, I guess, they blew this bridge. The Russians blew this bridge. And so you can kind of see the conditions. This is like some real Mad Max looking stuff here. This looks like saving Private Ryan. Yep, a hole in the bridge. Of course, of course. All, why would all I? Why the, would I? All, all the music they play just is completely. Oh my god. I was hoping it'd be like two Ukrainians talking to each other as they try and avoid these potholes that fall right through the bridge. But no, no, no. Yeah, this is pretty hairy driving uh, driving along there. You know, just I just wrote it alone. Declare it looks like Detroit, Joe. Yeah, Declare this is from Detroit. Well, this is this is. But from I thought the, Joe the, fixed Detroit. Well, this, well that's, that's the story I heard. So I looked out my window, and I don't see the fixed part. So, well, I mean, I I heard this is from the new upcoming video game, uh, um, uh, Detroit Become Ukrainian. Never right. Game Detroit or Servo Donetsk? Which which is it? Can't tell. <laughs> that would be. A- Detroit or Mariupol? <laughs> oh, that'd be a we could do a video. We we could do a game show round about that sometime. I think we should. We should bring on a guest and we should have a a series of videos and mix them up and be like, okay, Ukraine or America? What is, is he? Is he putting a? Is he putting a grenade underneath booby, the? Yeah, he's booby trapping this little kind of doorway. This is a Ukrainian guy. Yeah, now how do you know who's coming through that doorway? Now? I was going to say, sure hope no family comes home to see what's left of their house. Well, I'm, I I mean, you know. I, I, yeah, just setting a grenade I'm not, there. I'm not a real big fan of booby traps because they're very indiscriminate. That being said, I mean, you know, if if the if the Russians are, are right down the road um, and, and you expect them to be there because you're getting ready to pull out, you know, it's not the craziest idea. Sure hope no friendly force has to take shelter in this building in the future. Mm. Anyway, so, uh, you know, this this kind of raises the question, in what uh, in what situations would it be okay to, to set a booby trap? 
uh, in a place like that? None. Well, I, I think by definition, it's only acceptable to do that if you're operating behind enemy lines, right? Well, and I mean, look, aren't we developing this whole, like, spending billions of dollars on this whole spider mine system because it isn't acceptable to leave unmanned weapon systems like that around that are indiscriminate? Like, you have to have someone pulling the trigger, which is why we're setting up well, this whole fucking billion-dollar spider problem mine. problem with that. Like, a mine, I can render it safe again. I'm not reaching under there blind and trying to put a pin back in a hand grenade. That that's not ever going to happen. So that's the problem with that. I mean, a mine yeah. you can you can disarm. That you, man. Yeah, in, in the comment person says in why would the Russians do this? Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> All right, looking at uh, the Donetsk AOL uh Russian for, uh, A AO, not AOL. Uh, <laughs> uh Russian AOL. Yeah, I know. I went back to the 90s there for a second. Um, Russian forces continued uh, ground and air and artillery strikes uh, to the east of Bakhmut on uh, June 14th. Uh, Russian forces continued attacks around Zolot, uh, uh, uh east of Bakhmut and attacks to drive northward towards uh, uh, Bakhmut from uh, points to the, uh, to the south. Uh, a Russian uh, telegram channel claimed the detachments of the Wagner private uh, military company took control of uh, Vidrodevzhny uh, and Rodi, uh, both to the southeast of Bakhmut. Uh, Russian forces continued attempts to cut the uh, the T-1302 uh, Bakhmut Lishchansk uh, highway and are likely in a position to interdict uh, Ukrainian movements along sections of the highway via shelling as they continue assaults uh, in the area. So uh, we've got our favorite, we got some video of our favorite Chechnyans uh, just kind of doing what Chechnyans do, pose for the Instagrams. You know, they make sure they've got their beards out and, you know, they're, you know, look how many magazines that guy's got. Let's see are, if he's are, got enough. Are they putting the chin strap under the beard to lift it they up are. more? So <laughs> what's funny, too, is they did all that, that, that videographing of them in the woods and they show them walking right down the road. <laughs> yeah. So what have we decided? That the Chechen thing is sort of like the WWE of combat? Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's, yes, I think that's a, that's a fairly accurate assessment. I, I, mean, I, you know. I, I also want to point out, as has been pointed out by others, that the Chechens have in un, like they, they've set an unbelievable battlefield record. There is there's something to be said about this. Never has a force so quickly depleted their battlefield mystique. Um, it's, it's amazing. You've never, yeah, never seen... all, none of them are unbearded. So, you know, yeah. Unbearded. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I could, should probably ship them a whole bunch of my field craft books so they could learn a thing or two about movement, but you I don't know, want to. You gotta, write I, it, I would... you gotta write it front to back or back to front and right to left. I would just yeah. assume that you didn't, Joe. I'd like yeah. to see them continue. I mean, first of all, or this is in, a very... Or do it in Russian. They can read it in Russian. It in Russian. This, this is very entertaining, you know, just to... 
and plus, if if you know, God forbid, the Americans ever had to fight the Chechens, I'd hate for them to actually learn. Something. I mean, what Be military honest, teaches? Sam. What military teaches? If you've got great vegetation, step in front of it to fire. <laughs> <laughs> It's wonderful. No, come on, Stan. Be honest. The officer corps would read it to the enlisted. All right. It'd be story time in the evenings. Touchdown yeah. in Ukraine, uh, unbearded. Yeah. And unbearded. then Allah said. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Joe, the reason we step in front of the, <clears throat> the vegetation is otherwise the camera won't capture anything except a little. Yeah, a little... Exactly. It's, it's, all, mean, it's all about art direction and set. Peace battles here. And, well, let's and, let's uh, let's good talk about this. Does is there any incoming? Do have we seen any incoming fire in any of these ever? No. Yeah, no. no. This is this is this is all this is all propaganda. Oh, We're blazing looks, away at an empty it field. Looks like, it looks like Duck Dynasty gone mad. That's what it looks well, like. I want to point out they do this wonderful thing here where, like, I can I I am ninety nine percent sure this is fake. They shoot it right, but he's just he shoots it up and at an angle. Right, and then they cut to this drone footage of uh, uh, oh, maybe it wasn't on that one, but anyways, one of these ones he shoots, and then they cut to drone footage that shows a fucking house instead of a field, and it's a it it's obviously a, rather, a different place. That also showed a rather energetic explosion for an RPG. Yeah, for an RPG, it's more it's it's <laughs> artillery, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, an energetic explosion. <laughs> a bit, that's that's way more than an RPG right there. Yeah, no, I got it. I just like the phrase energetic that's, explosion. That's the one right there, yeah. Enthusiastic, uh, maybe? <laughs> it's just... It's all good. <laughs> God. And, of course, that, that house blowing up has absolutely nothing to do with, you know, it's, it, they're they're mixing, you know, different footages to, uh, yeah, to communicate a piece. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is a great recruitment piece for, you know... Like, uh, everyone else the is Chechen all creeping around... Everyone else is all creeping around like they're under fire, and Homeboy was just standing up there without his hand even on the on the bang switch. So interesting. So uh, the last spot uh, that we have to talk about today is uh, Kursan. Uh, oh so this is yes, Joe. I mean, Ron, we're almost done. Uh, recent Ukrainian counterattacks forced Russian uh, troops to prioritize defensive operations along the southern axis on the on the on the fourteenth. Um, Ukrainian forces have reportedly advanced to within 18 kilometers of occupied portions of Kherson, uh, which is likely placing considerable pressure on Russian forces to strengthen their defensive lines. Uh, Russian troops are reportedly mining unspecified locations on the bank of the Inhulets River uh, in a likely response to Ukrainian counterattacks around uh, Davidiv uh, Bird. Um, in northwest Kursan and towards Mikhlyev uh, and Kiviri uh, from occupied frontiers in Kursan. So we've got a little bit of Kursan footage here. Well, that map then is inaccurate. If they're mining the Inhulets River, it doesn't show them anywhere up against the Inhulets River. So that's a little weird. Is I, I'm not sure where it is, but if it's behind Russian lines, they they have been doing like preparing defense in depth in that area. Like they've been doing line after line, and then doing mines in various different places. That's just a little further north than they've done it. It's mostly been further south along the along the uh, the, the direct route between uh, Kyrgyzstan and and Mikhlyev. So this Why is, is this a reported holding supply... their camera sideways at an angle. 
this is a reported supply depot uh, near Kherson, so it's a, the Ukrainians hit some Russian supplies. Joe, bless them. They're not holding it vertically. You got it. You got it. Yeah, but they're holding it like a 45 that. degree angle. <laughs> it's progress. <laughs> they're holding it gangster style. Come on, guys. Ah, ah that's it. Gangster modified. You know, like like when you sh when you shoot your gat out at, at the at the at the popo and stuff like that. I didn't think I would ever live to see okay. the, hear the hear Ron say gat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's part of my enthusiastic explosion of verbiage today. There we go. Hey, so I have a question. Um, so we 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 there was a report a couple days ago that the Ukrainians were not doing well in this war of attrition vis-a-vis -vis the Russians. I mean, so we see all these videos purporting to, you know, Ukrainian victories and, and doing all this, you know, offensive action thing. But is it really, or are we, or are they just trying to put a pig lipstick on a pig? I think, I think there's a little bit of both. I mean, you can have local successes. They've had some successful local counterattacks in various areas. Kherson and Kiev being or Kharkiv being uh, two areas where they're local, but you know around Servodonetsk, it's been basically just the meat grinder, and and they're not seeing success. And uh, you know it's just the, that's where you're seeing the war of attrition, and and all along that kind of salient, you know, uh, going from uh, um, like uh, Izum around to Popozna. I mean, it's just basically just been a a meat grinder uh, for the longest time now. Well, honestly, in my opinion, Joe, the way that it kind of works, or Joe, sorry, Ron, Ron. Uh, the, the, the way that it works out, it seems to me that it's kind of like, like a, a, a really good uh, a, a featherweight boxer versus the have like a, a, a really moderate, like super heavyweight. Um, the, the featherweight is throwing a lot of decent punches. It's just, it's really hard to make any of them actually affect the uh, the, the significantly larger, significantly better resourced opponent. I, I wouldn't even give Ivan Drago. <laughs> it's okay. Nice. <clears throat> I must break you. Um, and with that, um, I, we we will break. The, I'm, out going, of the I'm going to step out for just a couple minutes, gentlemen. I have an errand to run, and, and but I'll be right back to talk about wheat. Board. All right. So uh, until then, Joe, uh, what's uh, what's new in your neighborhood that uh, that we could talk about? What's new in my neighborhood? Oh, in my tactical <laughs> neighborhood. Um, I, I started to write an article last night. Uh, thought better of it. Decided I didn't want anyone coming through my door at four thirty in the morning uh, on, on a no knock. So I'll I'll write it later today. Um, so if you want to learn a little bit about our world and how to better prepare for the the problems that are coming, uh, check out tacticalwisdom.com. Um, I think I've got an article up there about uh, Taliban teenagers kicked your ass and now you're talking about Chechens. Listen. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's quite accurate, but whatever. Um, so if you want to learn a little bit more about how to be more prepared, check out my website. Uh, we put up articles every few days. Um, we have a new Tactical Tuesdays episode out with Brook Talks America. Came out late last night. Um, and if you want to hear some of the stand-level uh, spicy talk, it was on that. And um, you can buy my books on the website, or you can go and uh, 
get them from Amazon. Uh, get them from Amazon if you want them fast. Um, and you can get them from me if you want them signed. Um, and whoever that is just told me to suck it. I don't really know why we're just it's, letting it's, them it's hang the same out. Squiggle well, no, he 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 actually said that before you addressed it. Uh, so I mean, it was more to all of us, not just to you specifically. All right, so so I, but, we'll, but we'll the point that. still stands. I don't know why we just allow that, but whatever. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll do a brief response to that real quick. If by uh, if by winning you mean hiding in caves and getting blown up until it was no longer financially feasible on our end to do so. Sure. Yeah. I guess that's a quote victory. Uh Uh-huh. Well done watcher. Now, Joe, you were saying I wasn't, I'm done. Well, so you, have you got any kind of any any kind of special events coming up? I know that uh, you. I know that uh, the, the warm weather is a is a good time for training and and getting to engage with other folks. I know you just did that. Uh, yeah, radio actually, course. there's there's a couple of groups in Michigan that we're going to do some training with on communications and first aid because everyone wants to talk about the things that go bang, but nobody wants to talk about patching up their friends. Uh, or talking to their friends and how you're going to organize anything. Uh, if you don't learn how to communicate and patch wounds, you're not going to last very long. So uh, we're going to have some classes on that coming up. I, I will, uh, once I get some locations, I'll probably put links uh, on, on my page. And we're also going to start offering some classes of our own, like uh, a basic field craft class or a first aid class, things like that, um, just to get people out meeting like-minded people, training and learning the skills uh, it's one thing to own a series of books on these skills, but every one of them is a physical skill. And the only way to actually learn it is to get out and do it. Uh, and we might as well have a little bit of fun while we do it. So uh, stay tuned. More to come. Is there going to be a discount for the feds to attend your classes? No, but I always give a speech to them in the beginning, and you can tell who doesn't show up on day two. So. <laughs> Well, or you can, or you can fumble with, you know, putting on a tourniquet or, or how to how to patch a wound, and uh, watch one of those guys jump in and say, "Oh, this is what I learned in training." I know. I told a guy who was who was planning another class. I said, "Listen, you, you know the 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 Fed agent is literally the state mammal of Michigan, so be careful who you let into the class." <laughs> um, but I had one guy come to me at, a, at the car after and go, "So everyone laughed when you made your comments about Feds because they thought you were talking about me." And I said, I was. And he just looked at me and blinked and walked away and did not return for day two of the class. So <laughs> found you know, the Fed. I, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Well, okay. Scott, as you are a Fed, you probably should not. <laughs> no, I was I was going to talk about, uh, a, you know, a Fed that's not being addressed in some primetime uh, new, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's. Yeah, if he ever shows up on a, on a registration list, it's gonna, you know we know the game is on. <laughs> well, so uh, we we've got some big news coming out later today. At least my, that's my understanding. We've got. Uh, and by the way, we are kind of uh, we're kind of treading water until uh, Stan gets back. We're gonna the our first topic for today is the talking about wheat and and you know what how how you know, all the stuff uh with ukraine is impacting the wheat market and then the and the broader kind of uh, uh what could come out of that so can we uh, cover watchers emergency topic while we're waiting then sure 
All right. So uh, everybody, this came out at, like right after we started the broadcast this morning. Breaking pro-abortion militant group James ah. Revenge releases new message saying 30 days of mercy have, quote, expired. Promises more attacks on pro-life center. Uh, I'm going to preempt, Joe, because I want to say the exact same thing. I'm not sure how you can call four firebombings in three days a mercy period, but okay. But But this addresses the bigger issue. The vast majority of people don't know that they firebombed four places in the last three days because the media is not telling you they did. They're just telling you about all this other stuff. They pick and choose what stories you see, and that's that's troubling. That's why people come to our show to, to find out what really happened. Um, and um, I guess I would really brace myself for a uh, for a new summer of love that involves firebombings. Um, which yeah. which is more which is more insurrectiony, fire bombings or verbal protests? My my question is is that how many if if you had this exact same kind of uh, graffiti put on an abortion clinic that I mean that would be like headline news all all across the country. You know, Jakar, you would you would think that they would be classified as terrorist groups. You would you would think that would happen. But that would require for them not to be acting in uh, uh, in accordance with the will of certain uh, powers that be. Yeah, that, all the marbles in the chat has a good half the country doesn't even know they tried to assassinate a Supreme Court justice. That's true. Um, uh, you know, that's one that's one of those things that wasn't, you know, so the Sunday, the Sunday morning talk shows, none of them addressed that uh, that issue um, over the weekend. And I mean, it's just telling of where we are with the media landscape. Well, it's, ve it's very scary because the uh, <clears throat> the uh, it seems like the feds are reluctant uh, to uh, to do their job of protecting their protectees um, in this case. And uh, there's there's this it's almost like they're they're baiting it, waiting for it to happen and uh, and then threatening the children of uh, the other justice. Uh, you know, it's just it, it's getting to the point where something's going to break and it's it's not going to be good. I mean, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the governor of Virginia to say, all right, feds, if you're not going to do it. The Supreme Court police and yes, the Supreme Court has its own police force uh, is. Um, unable to to protect all the justices uh, private residences because they're not that large uh, as well as the the main building um, they're going to go do it and then the feds other other federal law enforcement come in to arrest the virginia state troopers to uh, protect the protesters doing their peaceful protest which is not very peaceful I mean, this is this is getting to the point of you know, this is just stupid uh, because um the government is the the federal government is not doing its job. The whole the whole federal government, the whole administration, the whole executive branch, needs to seriously be replaced. I mean, meanwhile, yeah. Chris, we're Chris putting Roland twelve informants in a small group of barely literate guys in Michigan and convincing yeah. them to plan a bomb, but we can't get an informant inside a group that is actually bombing things. You know, Chris Rowland brings up something very important here. You know how you know that this group is feds? Because who else has money to buy fuel for firebombs right now? Seriously. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a seller's market.
Um, so, you know, the, does it say where these uh, these clinics were located? Yeah, there's a. If you scroll back up in that story, there's a list of them. Yep. They're all over the country. Okay, so this is not like a kind of a geographic. No, right area. there. Yep. So, so Washington, Madison, Fort Collins, uh, yeah, they're all over the place. Yeah, Colorado, Massachusetts, Wisconsin, <coughs> Washington. Sorry, I just want to point out these were all the places that were attacked, not necessarily the fire bombings. The fire bombings were among these. Uh, but there were all kinds of other attacks too, like offices broken into and ransacked, uh, windows all broken out, uh, and not just be... not just abortion clinics. Uh, a couple of Republican state representatives uh, have had their offices attacked and uh, and graffitied uh, by the group. So, <laughs> Dresden in the chat says it could be worse. The feds could be competent at their job. I, I'm going to disagree with you there. It is worse because they are very competent at their job. And, and that's why you see, uh, boy, I'm going to get into trouble with, with, with a friend of the boy, show right now. But that's why you see, you see 31 guys with who, whose group really, while it might be a vile group, has literally no history of violence uh, getting swooped up in, a, in, a, in an operation that's obviously led by federal informants. Um, but but yet people actually doing attacks are, are going free. It's it's orchestrated. It's not it's not incompetence. It's intentional. Yeah, you have to you, have, you just have to wonder about that. Well, yeah, I mean, look, there, there's there's that old saw: never attribute to uh, to malice that malice. which can be that which can be uh, more easily explained by incompetence. But folks, that can only hold true for so long. There's 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 eventually. Where you have to start looking at other potential motivations and realize that uh, if if the actions do not align with the motivations that you're attributing, then the motivations you're attributing are incorrect. Well, the other thing, too, is <laughs> just listen to the words coming from the attorney general's mouth. It's kind of obvious. I mean, um, it's it's really um, it's poorly hidden. Let's put it that way. Over 100, 100 people watching live. Appreciate you guys uh, joining us today. Uh, hit that like button if you uh, haven't done it already. Uh, it's free and it uh, helps tell the algorithm that this is something worth watching. Uh, and we don't have any kind of marketing budget here, so uh, feel free to share the link uh, with whatever social media you use. It'd be very helpful. Um, okay, so... Uh, you know this kind of so the second topic today that we're actually kind of easing into the second topic uh and that's like the whole idea of a breakdown of governance um and you know really what we're seeing you know is that breakdown of governance and the most and the most obvious way that we're seeing this is that kind of rules for thee and not for me right um you know things that are in and and we're seeing it in the media and we're seeing in the kind of the institutional systems uh, within the country. You know, it's not just governance is not just the actual government, you know, the federal government. It could be local government, but it could also be kind of the, you know, kind of institutional systems within the, uh, you know, whether it's education or the media or things like this. So, I mean, we're just seeing... Um, we're seeing that breakdown uh, in a lot of areas. I mean, um, Mike, you've been pretty quiet today. What's your kind of take on a lot of this stuff? I'm always quiet. 
I'm the quiet one. I know. But sometimes you drop the F bomb. The strong and silent type. Yeah, that's it. Stoic. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, where where you live, Mike, have have you kind of seen things that you just wouldn't have seen 10, 15, 20 years ago? I mean, you know, as far as things that your local government might be doing that just is out of place? or Absolutely. I mean, that's why I I avoid talking about this stuff because I I really do get upset when I when I think in context of what things were, the way people were, you know, their mindset, uh, what they found acceptable and what they did not find acceptable. I mean, we're kidding about trannies in a strip club. I mean, that's just that that's indicative of this is where we are. this is acceptable. This is okay. And, and, you know, this is uh, uh, somehow uh, adults, uh, people at least above the age of, you know, 30 or something, um, are taking their children, five, six, seven, eight, or I don't know, 10, 11, 12 year old children to find this to be, you know, putting a dollar bill into yeah, a appropriate string. So that's a felony in every state, by the way. So, you know, the reason why I don't comment in this shit, because the word motherfucker is going to come out of my lips very quickly. And uh, I, I, I think um, Stan mentioned it the other day. Uh, I have no frame of reference. I, 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 these people are on a different planet. Don't understand them. I do not want to engage with them. So all this shit completely mystifies me. Yeah. It, you know, I also wanted um, to point out that uh, on the topic of the media not telling you things, what you probably don't know is that the city of Columbus is without power and will be until at least midday tomorrow intentionally. It was turned off intentionally in order to prevent uh, power outages elsewhere in the state of Ohio. And MISO, the uh, the Midwest, whatever the the, the power authority that runs the grid in the Midwest, says that that's going to be the rule throughout the summer. Now, Columbus is not a small town. Uh, It is going to be incredibly hot there over the next two days. So what do you suppose tonight and tomorrow morning are going to look like? in columbus but they're going to um, do this throughout the summer though right it's not just they are going to do this throughout the summer and Chad, I, can I want- you imagine detroit with a three-day power outage that was intentional oh, good, good night well chad I, I want you to imagine right now if the power went out where you're at for a day how much food would you lose out of your fridge mm-hmm Yep, certain parts of Columbus, it will be three days total by the end of the outage. So, and see, they just say power outages. They don't mention right there at the top that it's intentional. So, yeah, um, and so you know, if it, if it's bad, if it's bad now, how you know how much worse will it get? Because it it will get worse. Uh, it says and- right there the heat index is going to be one hundred and ten, and there is no air conditioning. So I, 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 I no get what they're trying fans. to do. They're trying to prevent further damage to the grid. But 
that's going to have a body count. And it's intentional. You know, I, I think you're right. Apropos of nothing, there was an article three days ago about how scientists are, uh, are, are, are really studying the temperature at which, the, the exact temperature at which people die from heat. Interesting. Curious. Hmm. Well, you know, the, uh, the problem a lot of times isn't the actual heat itself. It's the acclimation. You know, if you're used to living in AC most of the day, then you are essentially acclimatized to you know, 72 degree weather, right? You oh, know, you know but, who talks uh, about that on his website all the time? This guy. You know, yeah. so if you so if you have to go to all of a sudden 20 degree different, that's a huge differential. Whereas if you live every day in 80 degree weather, in 90 degree weather, then your body just gets used to it. And, you know, it's not that you don't have the shock. I mean, believe it or not, people people live to the bright old ages uh, in the in the times in the olden times before uh, AC was invented. Oh, I understand that, but that was in the, it, the. But people don't have the level of outrage they have right now. So I'm thinking no, that no, Columbus will have no, some spiciness tonight. No, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about your your point, Joe. I was talking about just the idea that uh, you know, if you can't go from zero to a hundred, you know, like that, you have to. Yep. It has to be done, you know, because that's you will kill people by doing that. And I don't mean through the d- unrest. I mean people like, especially old people, are, are very susceptible to those kind of changes in in temperature type, you know, drastic changes in temperature. Hey, fun fact: Did did you know that insulin has to be kept at a pretty constant temperature? And it's significantly yep. below room temperature. Yeah, uh-huh. you need re- it needs refrigeration. Mm-hmm. Well, all I know is that if there's a power outage and there's a riot, first thing I'm going to go do is I'm going to go steal all the flat screens I can and all the com- laptops because those are the most important o- items. Because you're hungry. Yeah. Well, I thought exactly. I thought, I thought you were going to build. And a I'm house smart like that. Yeah. Oh, look who's back. The chaff and the wheat. And the chaff as well. <laughs> and the chaff. <laughs> I'm not taking the break. I've been here the whole time. Yes, Hunts the Dirty Roofer, you're right. You're correct. It does depend on uh, uh, hydration levels. Do you, how many regular people are well hydrated? I mean, <laughs> don't, give me, don't, don't get me started on that. I hate I hated to steal your thunder, Stan, but I've already used a bad word. That's okay. I, I, look, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure it was appropriately done with the <laughs> correct amount of, you know, justifiable outrage. So, yeah, I sometimes I just can't summon the invective to way to express the way I feel. Invective. That is a word. No, I, I know. Like, I'm just I'm just impressed. Yeah. Uh, well, when you when you were reaching for the correct pejorative term to extend this, God. Uh, sometimes it feels good just to rip off the four-letter version, and um, it's a little cathartic to add to the word of the day string. So. Uh, so just kind of uh, hydrate kind your of... vocabulary. So I I, th- I think we could probably close out this uh, this topic. Uh, what did I miss? Stan, well, we were we were we just kind of flipped the topic. We went ahead and went with the uh, lack of governance. Uh, 
the yeah the kind of just breakdown and and just like simple governance you know the, you know ron you know actually before we end this i i'd love to get your take since you're the most recent person that's interacted as potentially you know a potential member of, of government at the local level i mean you know your your state is relatively sane i think compared to a lot of the other ones I mean, but I, you know, you're even seeing in, in in some of these deep red states some some wackiness that just is, you know, oh yeah, is making is making guys like you want to run. Well, yeah, I mean, the the golden rule is that any 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 city is a blue is a blue uh, is ruled by Democrats. I don't care what what yeah letter they have after their name. Um, we have a lot of a lot of supposed Republicans here in South Dakota that <clears throat> the only reason they got elected is because they changed their D to an R, but they didn't change their philosophies at all. Um, and the, as far as makes people want to run, the problem is run to where? That's that's the thing. And yeah, I got it. We can run to the Duchy of Montana, but <clears throat> I'm I'm here to tell you, Stan. I, I'm sure you've done your research and stuff like that, but. You'll, you'll find a lot of disappointment there, too, with uh, democratic uh, state government and uh, local government and things like that. Yeah, It'll, our, 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 <laughs> issue, our issue tends to be local, and it tends to be localized in a handful of communities uh, where the, the, the concentration of Californians and others right. tends to it's be. Like, um, the cities like Isn't... Missoula and Billings and, and uh, a couple of the other places where the... Uh, well, Bozeman is... Bozeman, Bozeman is at the top. Of well, isn't the right. head of your department of it, the, the Montana Department of Education, an an out and out outspoken communist? I, you know, we don't rely on the the State Department of Education. Um, we've developed a curriculum <laughs> elsewhere, and, ah. and so I, I don't know the answer. And and no hunch, I'm I'm not I'm not surprised. I'm just impressed with with these gentlemen's with their. Uh, large vocabulary i'm sure they've been studying for the last 48 hours but no well, but yeah, anyway my, but, my, but, but, to go, but to go to, to go to oh. ron's point to go to ron's point yes uh, and, and as a transplant i've there's been a, a, a sort of a uh, a um, a period of being on probation with a lot of <clears> folks <throat> um in terms of demonstrating your your uh, bona fides in terms of your your attitude and and, mm -hmm. and we we sort of got through that uh, pretty quickly uh and and we and to be blunt we've been working on this for two years uh, so there's been a lot of forethought that's gone into location and okay. areas and things of that nature so um but yeah we, i mean the, there 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 are there are people in in montana who you wouldn't recognize as being people in montana because they're not from montana and they don't share they're they're part of that crew that comes to escape and brings their voting patterns with them, and, and we have that here in South Dakota as well. And we have we have to isolate Cal that. California conservatives are not conservatives. I'm no. sorry they're 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 very liberal, and they uh, they don't understand that they uh, the reason they left, and then they want to con contaminate the the new place that they're at. So. Mm -hmm. Well, Ron, as we discussed, sometimes you just got to take them to the train station. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just. <laughs> Unfortunately, that one county in Wyoming, in Wyoming doesn't really exist. 
<laughs> well, the, well, the uh, the uh, the river's giving you an opportunity to do a little flushing as well. Uh, if you see what's going on in Yellowstone, I mean, it's uh, oh yeah, it's uh, the flooding is is pretty awesome. Anyhow, well, anyhow, you, I, you know, I mean, but but you, back to governance, back to governance for just a minute. I mean, it's all politics is local, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and okay. and that's what's important. And and just as whether you're bugging out or you're staying put, you have to develop that network of like-minded folks that you can rely on if things get uh, if things get to uh, if things get a little um, a, a little sideways, as they seem to be on a pathway to doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it, it, well. So let me ask you this then. This kind of flips the. You know, we're talking local governance, right? So what about the kind of the now? Is the interaction between the federal government and the state governments is that completely broken at this point? I mean, because you you've seen plenty of oper you know, where the, the state governments are literally calling out the feds, and you know you've got the whole idea of sanctuary states, and you know we like it if it's Second Amendment, but we don't like it if it's something else. Um, you know, so well, but see, there's no constitutional right to illegal immigration. That's well, right. No, no, I, I, right, I, I agree with that, and and so I was going to make that point, but I, the my my point was just more so the idea of states flouting, you know, the federal government, and then and then and the and the federal government's trampling all over, you know, the states, uh, you know, powers and things like that. So I just I just wanted to get your kind of yeah. You know, I, I haven't given any thought to that. I mean, my online identity happens to be the guy who was the general of the Army of Northern Virginia. So we've not given any thought at all to the relationship <laughs> between the federal government and states' rights. And well, but but we are we are kind of living in in fairly unprecedented times where we're seeing uh, uh you know federal policies that that tend to do that, right? I mean, yeah. So so. so couple couple key points and then we can move on and talk about weed if you guys want to but the things that bother me that I watch and, and frankly I'm angry about um, in, in, in general is again the Department of Education is being used as a taser um, as it relates to local school boards and, and state departments of education <clears throat> in that the federal government is withholding money for school districts unless you incorporate all the the uh, the the grooming uh, curriculum into into your uh, syllabus, right? Into your in, into your into your curriculum, and and I, I just I just think that parents, if you thought they were fed up uh, a year or so ago, I, I really I really think that this is gonna is gonna push people to to action in whatever shape or form. And then, and then the other aspect of this is the is the federalization of the coming police response to the manufactured incidents of insurrection, demonstration, and 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 white supremacist terrorists taking over Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and I, I, other I, issues I, of that nature. I can't wait to see the article come out. the The conservative case for a federalized police force. It's going to be great. Well, uh, uh, David French is probably working on that as we speak. So, uh, so anti-comedy for five dollars. Or Josh. Or... I, I wonder ahead. how the Fed handled Louisiana refusing to up the drinking age to uh, twenty-one. Weird how that's not happening. Um, you know, so you know, I, I know when he says Fed, he doesn't mean this, but you know, 
one of the areas where you see, you know, obvious kind of broken governance is in, you know, with the Fed and how how they're handling uh, all the stuff with uh, interest rates and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, the monetary policy has been broken for, I don't know, 80 years now, uh, well, at least since Bretton Woods. Right. I mean, so. Uh, I mean, are these but examples the Fed, of the Fed, broken the governments? Fed, the Fed is meant to be independent. I mean, it's supposed to be independent. So it's supposed to do what it thinks is best for the economy. And uh, and and I don't know, you know, I, as far as I as we finish my point, you asked about the, the relationship between state and federal government. Yeah. Who, who your governor is, is probably the most important decision you can make in terms of uh, the impact as it relates to your day-to-day -day life in your state. Um, and the smaller your population of your state, the more important that is. And, and you can shake your head, Ron, but there's 800,000 people in South Dakota. And I would argue that the governor has more impact on them than most, than, than most other elected officials. Uh, from, a, from, a, from a constitutional people's rights perspective. And, and we saw that play out in Virginia uh, in the last election cycle. Um, we've seen it play out in Montana. We've got a very conservative governor in Montana um, who is on the right side of most issues from my perspective. Um, but uh, your governor, I mean, and DeSantis is the poster child for this, right? Um, and, and so this guy has sort of taken it on his shoulders and, and, and I don't doubt that he's got aspirations to do other things at some particular point, but he's 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 been highly effective at both making the case and 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 pushing back on encroachment as it relates to people people's rights in florida well you know i've got a go ahead go ahead no i was just going to say i mean you see mostly strong uh leaders coming out of you know in response to federal policies at the state you know at the state levels, almost all the strong leaders we kind of identify on the conservative side, but uh, it's not to say that you can't have a good governor that's Democrat. I just don't think that there are any. And, and I would offer, I would offer that if you had a stronger conservative governor in Texas at this point, that the response to the border issues and other aspects could be more effective at the state level than they have. I, I think that Abbott has picked some spots to do some kabuki stage sort of things like putting people on buses to dc and dropping them off and at uh, at union station and what have you but i think that i think that a republican governor in texas who really who was desantis like in his approach on this could could be doing more on the border no absolutely i mean if you if you know just think of how the impacts that desantis could have if he were the governor of texas instead of the governor of florida um no, all right so let's let's uh well, let can, me... I, can i can i make the point i yeah, was go ahead make? yeah go ahead um that the 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 situation in grand rapids michigan proves that governance is broken there you have a police officer who uh watcher and i broke down the video second by second who literally had no choice but to uh but to take a life um he's charged with murder so uh not 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 manslaughter murder so um that's just proof that governance doesn't exist you have no rights to self-defense you must allow the criminals to do whatever they want it just proves that governance is broken 
Well, and let me give you another example of governance that's broken that is that is has multiple layers of impact, not the least of which is employment. And that is in the state of Illinois, um, which has a democratic dominated legislature and, and uh, an absolute Davos dude as the governor in Pritzker, um, Caterpillar is now moving to Texas. Uh, Boeing, Boeing, which bounced around, it used to be Seattle, the McDonnell Douglas piece used to be in St. Louis, they moved it all to Chicago, and now they've just said, screw it, we're moving to the federal tit, and they've moved to North Northern Virginia. But Caterpillar is moving out of not Chicago, but Peoria, Illinois, okay, to go to Texas because of the continued devolution of the business climate in, in Illinois. Um, and they, they, they thought about they thought about moving to Mexico. To be honest. Yeah. Anybody else want to weigh in on this? So I mean, this is this is just one of those kind of topics. I'm sure we'll come back to um, because you know maybe a lot of people aren't thinking about it. Oh, by the way, I didn't uh, hit this. First of all, anti for two. Y'all should look up the Stop J20 on stream. I don't know what that is. You guys. Stop J20 was the was the absolutely wild and violent protests the day that Donald Trump was sworn in that no oh, one covered. That yeah, right. That was just completely ignored. Um, let's see. Anticomi has another one up there. there you yeah, go. right. The five dollars. Uh, Pfizer spends more time in uh, Pritzker. Wisconsin, uh, Pitzer. Oh yeah, yeah. The governor of Illinois. Uh, yeah. Uh, after locking people down. Well, are they still? Is is anybody in the state still locked down? I don't think so. Right, pretty much every place not, is open not now. Two, right? Not to too great. There may be some oddball pockets out there, but I think that's. I think that's. Well, I think you have to show papers in New York, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. At one point, you had to literally prove that you lived in New York to come into New York at, at one point. It was pretty stupid. And prove that you had been. a vaccine to go into any of, uh, you know, like a restaurant or a gym. But the more important thing is what did you have to prove to get out? Uh, <laughs> right. These cats are crazy. Escape from New York. I think my cats are trying to escape from... from... Hold on. Uh, hold on just a second. All right, everybody, as long as Scott's stepping out, it's a good moment to take a second and say thank you so much for being here and watching. We've got, uh, looks like 97 here. We've only got 70 likes. It'd be great if we could get that uh, that count to climb up just so you can let YouTube know that you like us. And go ahead and take a moment share us out to all the different sources that you'd like to. Yeah, and one other thing I want to bring. Uh, so, you know, we've we've had a, a, a nice little burst of, uh, of new subs lately. We are now at 1901 subscribers, so we are officially within a hundred of 2,000. So we are we are uh, headlong uh, charging towards 2,000 subs. So um, we appreciate that. We couldn't do it without you guys. I know you guys do a great job of, of sharing uh, out I, the link. I know um, Karen does it a lot, and several other you guys I see uh, from time to time uh, share out that link. So we appreciate you guys. Um, okay, so moving on to, you know, I titled it Wheat Wars. That's a little, 
it's a war and it's causing a wheat problem. So maybe uh, it's not a specific war about wheat, but um, essentially what we're looking at, and we've talked about this to some extent uh, in the past, um, but the idea is, is that Ukraine and Russia are major exporters of wheat. Uh, and because of the war, Ukraine's wheat basically is off the market and Russia's is getting sanctioned into oblivion, supposedly, right? Just like their oil. Um, and oh, by the way, they're doing better oil uh, now than oil exports now than they were a year ago. So, um, what is the impact to the global wheat market? What are you know? What what are we seeing on the supply side with Ukraine and Russia? Um, we'll talk a little bit about some of the chicanery going on with this whole Odessa scheme to get uh, wheat out through the the ports. Um, and then, you know, let's look at then on the other side, the supply, uh, the demand in where are these where would this wheat normally go? And uh, what are the impacts of them not getting their Ukrainian wheat? Um, so, Stan, I'll, I'll open the floor to you on this uh, to kind of help guide us on this. I know you've got some, some yeah, pretty we, deep experience in this. Area. We, and I think I think if those of you who are regulars here, you know that we've we've been talking about this. This is not a new topic. It's just an update on something that we've all sort of discussed in, in some measure since, gosh, really January of this year and the run-up to this war. Um, real quick, from a wheat perspective, Russia and Ukraine are 25% of world wheat production, 10 and 14 Ukraine and Russia respectively. Um, but Ukraine also impacts other agricultural commodities, in particular sunflower oil. Um, and, and, and so forth. And so um, first order effects in terms of lack of wheat leaving Ukraine is Egypt, Egypt, and Egypt, Egypt. Uh, uh, which is I think roughly 80, 82% of uh, Egypt's um, uh, primary wheat supply has historically been Ukraine for uh, 30 years, okay? Um, and and so if there are sphincters that are puckering anywhere it's in the egyptian military uh, faced with you know what could be some some tough stuff from a from a baking from a from a food supply perspective and that's exacerbated by the fact that 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 bread makes up a disproportionate amount of the egyptian diet relative to let's say other people in other countries so much so that that Egyptian bread supply is subsidized by the government um, to keep the price of your typical loaf of pita bread within reach of, of the majority of the Egyptian population. And so they're, they're really sort of faced with some difficult decisions. And I think they very much are hanging on the outcome of the discussions around whether or not any Ukrainian grain is going to make it out from Odessa or through Poland or by rail car to wherever. Um, and, and I have real skepticism as it relates to that, that this three cushion billiard shot to, to allow Ukrainian wheat out is gonna, is gonna happen anytime soon. And, and not the least of which of that is the goofy position that Zelensky has taken on it that said, no Ukrainian grain leaves until we get back all of our territory, which seems like a rational position to take, does it not? Uh, and so, and so, I, I just 
I, I think I think that Egypt is in for you know a tough slog, and so there's going to be I think some some additional efforts to try to mobilize um, other sources of wheat for Egypt. But I think they're facing a shortfall no matter what, and I think that's going to manifest itself in terms of um, um, political unrest. I mean, look, the last time when, when Mubarak was, was ousted in Tian, uh, uh, Tiananmen Square, that's a Freudian slip, uh, Tahrir Square and all the rest of that sort of happened, that was in 2014, 2015. That was also a hunger-driven set of circumstances in Tunisia and Egypt and elsewhere, the Arab Spring. Well, uh, hunger-driven with a little help from that office in 1600 Pennsylvania. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. Uh, I, but I'm just saying that that most folks who were rioting in Tunis or rioting in, yeah. in other places were, were their primary motivation was I got to feed my family and there's no option to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, and, and at that point, uh, Al Sisi came in. And at this point, you may see, you know, somebody else is going to have to step up and, and be the be the, you know, supremo leader of, of Egypt to sort of quell this this situation. But uh, uh, I, th- I think Egypt is going to be at the forefront of this, but there's second and third order effects in terms of other Asian countries to one degree or another, uh, other Middle Eastern countries to one degree or another. And I think it's a measure of some of how serious some people are taking this and a little bit of political opportunism that that the Russians and the Turks are actually pretty far down the trail in terms of trying to come up with a plan whereby both Russian and Ukrainian wheat could exit via the Black Sea and the Bosporus and, and, and have got a fairly detailed way of getting that done. And the obstacle has been Ukraine because Ukraine doesn't want to demine the, the, the approaches to Odessa because they think that when they do that, the next people that are going to show up to take delivery is the Russian Navy. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a mess. Uh, we'll stop there and I don't want to monopolize the conversation any further because I'm sure everybody else has got thoughts, but I, I don't think we're going to see a political resolution to the, to the complex machinations to get Ukrainian grain. And, and by the way, this stuff doesn't store well, um, <laughs> yeah. Ukrainian grain out, um, out of Odessa anytime soon. Well, and the, the one thing the one thing I wanted to mention on this um, and it's not just Egypt. I know Egypt's a big part of it, but you know. Yeah, but Egypt most, Egypt is you know a hundred million people, uh, and, and, and that's and what's the percentage that they get from? Eighty-two percent of their eighty-two percent of their wheat imports are from Ukraine. So I mean, we're also looking though at uh, Malaysia and uh, Indonesia. Both mm-hmm. are very yeah. populous countries. Have you know within the kind of the twenty to twenty-five percent, and so these are the kind of countries that will be able to make up some of that shortfall from other sources. You know, India is talking about they've they've changed their uh, policy in recent days about. Oh, you know, they said they weren't going to export any of their wheat, but now they're saying, well, we may export a little bit. So we'll probably see them take up some of that slack. But, um, you know, this is a big this is a big hit. And, and we're not making it easy for Russia to get their wheat out uh, to these countries that were re- reliant on uh, Russian wheat either. I, I want to point out two things that just in the time we've been watching it, wheat went from 425 to 725. So interesting. Uh, but the other thing is, is that um, 
you know, the good captain over on Twitter had the solution. He told me and Gideon the solution is that the people in Africa just need to eat less. <laughs> Slava Ukraine. I figured Stan was already upset. I might as well bring up the captain. Oh, uh, no, I, I've become impervious. Uh, you just need to get an electrical uh, vehicle, too. Yeah, yeah. I, and, yeah. And, and, and let me answer Catherine's question in the chat. Um, I think, I don't know that Turkey has gained the most, but Turkey has tried to game the situation. Yes. The most. And, yeah. and, and I think that, I think that uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, we've given them a number of levers. Um, so in our private discussion ahead of this broadcast, we were talking about the interplay between Turkey and this weak discussion and, and the extension of that to NATO membership for Finland and Sweden, where Turkey again is being, is being uh, opportunistic in terms of uh, playing the leverage cards that we've dealt them in terms of NATO accession. And and go ahead. Uh, here in AV, the price of hay is around thirty bucks uh, a square bale. This is the this mostly has to do with the lack of rain. But uh, AV, where is it? Alberta. 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 Yeah. Oh uh, no. Feeds, uh, feeds a large part of Canada and America with meat uh, and grains. Seems to me that Bird if it beef. doesn't rain, what's that? Oh, I was just going to say, bird of beef is pretty famous. Um, uh, seems uh, to me it doesn't rain more, food will go up even more. Yeah, I mean, so we, you know, it's, there. this, uh, this the problem with, you know, so I saw one of those, uh, uh, one of those great tweets where, like, listen to farmers, you know, and I had this, you know, female farmer uh, in the video, and she's basically talking about how people think that yeah. the food price is not going to go up, but by God, it is going to go up, and it's going to get was worse. That her, was that her? Was she at her car talking about the hay and the and the feed? I saw that one. No, I no. This is a different one. I think um, oh. she's talking about you know like uh, she. I think she was talking about like consumer kind of vegetables and things like that, but uh, and meat. Um, but the. The point is, is that the price is going up, you know, uh, it, it hasn't gotten anywhere near the high. Right. Um, so between inflation and the and the input uh, costs, you know, whether it's the cost of fertilizer or the inability, you know, the, the cost may go up just because there's a shortage, you know, because of the rains weren't good at one place or um, because the yields were low because of a lack of fertilizer. There's all kinds of reasons why the price of food is going to go up that's completely independent of inflation. And then when you count in inflation and fuel costs and all this kind of stuff, I mean, it's a perfect storm. Um, yeah, uh, there's, a, there, there's a lot of inputs in the ag food production chain that are, have been impacted. We, we haven't talked about fertilizer and the, the errors that have been made as it relates right. to fertilizer and or the price of natural gas, which is... Uh, been impacted by political events and one thing and another. I mean, we've got we've got a lot of people who planted a lot of stuff this spring in the United States, and typically the U.S. is self-sufficient and then some as it relates to agricultural production. But we really don't know what yields are going to be this fall as it relates yeah. to corn and wheat and some of the other crops, the sort of staple grain crops, because we don't know what the impact of a lack of fertilizer is going to be on yield. We don't know if farmers are going to take less cultivation runs with that big John Deere tractor 
because the price of diesel is seven bucks a gallon. Um, and, and we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen in the context of rainfall. So, you know, the USDA and, and other government agencies publishes uh, prognostication as it relates to drought conditions. And this year it's been consistent that everything west of the Mississippi is in, is in one degree or another in, for the most part, faced with impending drought conditions. And to go to your point about vegetables and other aspects, a lot of that is the Imperial Valley in California. And, and you're going to see water wars in California first. Well, you're like already seeing that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, um, it, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be very, very, very difficult in the context of um, water allocations in California, particularly with Gavin Newsom, who's going to do it in probably the worst possible way that he could. Well, so, I, I mean, the, the answer to California is and always has been uh, nuclear generation of electricity to drive desalinization. But nobody wants to have that conversation for a variety of sort of faux climate oriented reasons. Um, but it, that's what you're going to see in Saudi Arabia couple of years is you're going to see nuclear power driving desalinization to turn dune into a into a, into a little bit more of an agriculturally self-sufficient state and they're going to convert petrodollars to do it well i mean they've even talked about nuclear reactors for uh desalinization and things like this so, so. uh which anyway yep so that's so anyway that's uh that's that's all kind of going off of his super chat. So um, thanks for that super chat. We appreciate it, man. It's, it's guys like you keep the lights on around here. Um, hey, Gideon and I talked to a group uh, from Alberta. So maybe we need to hook Charlie up with those people. So, oh, that's, hey, well, uh, and, and one thing, one thing about agriculture in the Northern section of the United States and or in Canada, the growing seasons are shorter. Um, and, and so what you may see, in particular, Montana. Montana is a big producer of lentils, and most of you probably don't eat lentils. Probably don't like lentils, um, <laughs> but 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 you may learn to like lentils. Just like in Asia, we talk about the wheat shortfall. Asia, for the most part, is fortunate in that you've got the capacity to do rice substitution as a staple grain. But in those places where rice is also imported. <clears throat> The demand for rice is going to be such that I think you're going to see more, less substitution capacity, unless it turns out to be these nice big gunny sacks with USAID stamped on them, and and we we keep shipping stuff to to other countries. Um, Joe, let me ask you this. So, all right, so the wheat doesn't come when it's supposed to come. You know, what, what, what are some of the impacts to a country when that happens? I mean, you know, the easy one is anarchy, right? I mean, you know, up, uh, uh, you know, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't generally immediately go to that, right? I mean, I well, think it, if, I think we, if we've learned one thing, part... it's that, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I interrupted no, you. No, I was just, I was just going to say, I mean, we've seen recently in Sri Lanka, some of the effects of of food shortages and fuel prices going up, you know, what, what would you kind of, how would you kind of outline some of these issues that like a country like Egypt might go through? 
So first thing is is that that there's a historical lesson, and you go back thousands of years. It's there. Hungry people overthrow governments. That's just a fact of life. Um, Sri Lanka kind of kind of dodged a bullet there. They were on the edge of a complete and total overthrow, and they've kind of done some some changes. And, and something they announced in the last oh I don't know forty eight hours is that they're giving government employees an extra day off per week. And that extra day is to be used to go home and grow a garden um, in an attempt to try and become a little more self-sustaining as far as food. So what does that mean? It means Sri Lanka has learned that imports are not the way to go, right? Uh, You've outsourced your entire um, survival to someone else. And so there's a lesson there for us in America. Uh, I say this all the time that as recently as the 50s, Every family had a backyard garden. Every family knew how to hunt, fish, camp, do all these different things. And now uh, I guarantee you that the vast majority of Americans have no idea how to grow food. But there is hope because uh, if you remember when she first took office, AOC planted a garden and produced her own vegetables. And I assure you that, uh, that if Sandy Cortez can do it, you can do it too. Um, but but to answer your question is that unrest is inevitably what will follow. We already had uh, when you when you looked at the, uh, the the summer of peace and love with the BLM riots, <laughs> one of the complaints mentioned already was urban food deserts. And um, what, what that refers to is, is that big grocery chains where you can get the best prices don't go into urban areas and they don't go into urban areas due to shrink, which is theft. Right. They don't go in there because. Um, they have problems getting there. They get, they have fires, they have burglaries, they have uh, shoplifting, they have all these problems. So one of the complaints was already that there were not enough food stores in the urban market, which drove prices up when prices get exponentially higher in the suburbs, they're going to get even worse in the inner city, which is going to drive even more unrest. Now in America, we, we produce enough food that no one will starve from lack of availability. They will starve from lack of availability as they can afford. And, and, and I think that's where our risk comes from here. Yeah, I, I think I think the yeah. food risk in the United States to sort of jump ahead a little bit is less is less in, in the inner cities because there will always be a federal or other sort of solution for that. Yep. Right. It's called yep. steam control. I, I think the I think the, the risk from a general sort of governance and disobedience perspective is the the suburban middle class families who are going to be experiencing exactly. this for the first time or for the first time in a long time. Um, right. if you've got if you've got grandparents and others who lived through the depression, you can go sit by them and talk to them about what they went through. Uh, but for the most part, suburban America uh, and particularly liberal women, have never have never gone through this, right? Um, yeah. And, and and I think that this is going to be the shock, the summer of shock and awe, not peace and love, but the summer of shock and awe as it relates to the constrained food choices, the constrained availability of what we take for granted, uh, and particularly at those people who are most under siege already from gasoline prices and potentially employment issues as the summer goes along and interest oh, rates going you. up. And, and I think, I think that, I think that we underestimate 
the pace of the boil in in what has been sort of rock solid middle class suburban America. Yeah, I'll agree with that because uh, as I said, we went to the grocery store uh, on 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 Saturday, and and for for some members of my family, it was the first time they'd been to a grocery store in a long time. And but just looking around at the suburban women, like Stan said, there was a look of shell shock. Uh, we we're in a we're in a very affluent suburb, right? And we're at one of the more prominent grocery chains, uh, Kroger, and it's literally only half full. And they're trying to hide it with these signs up claiming there's some sort of a remodel going on. There isn't. There's just no food. Uh, and and what, what was available was expensive. And you actually saw women kind of, um, you know, not panicking, but they have that walk and that look on their face, right? You, you could tell they were a little bit worried about what they were seeing. Uh, and you saw political stickers being put up throughout the store by people upset about the prices. That's a really bad sign in suburban America. That means that suburbanites will generally take it, right? They won't generally protest. They'll make their comments on Twitter, but they're not going to get out and risk getting arrested by slapping stickers on someone's property in a store. But the fact that they are tells you there's a lot more angst out here, right? Um so it's, it's, it was it was interesting to see. And, and, and like you said on Monday, my favorite quote from Monday was Stan saying that we can weather any one of these issues, bad governance, high food prices, right. high gas prices at one time. But all of them at the same time, we cannot do. Yeah, absolutely. That combination it just becomes the kind of like the coup de grace, right? I mean, yeah, I, you know, Auntie Kami, I know you're a mailman, but you ain't never been in my neighborhood, son. <laughs> anyway, well, he's referring to hose here, so I know he's not talking about your neighborhood because I know. Right. You have, well, uh, you know, we can joke about this, and I don't know where you want to draw socioeconomic lines, but but it it does, it it really is going to be the where the rubber meets the road this summer as as families who've never really experienced privation are going to have difficulties. I, I saw a statistic yesterday or the day before that there are there is something on the order of $25 billion in overdue utility bills across the country. In other words, yeah. people who have made people who've made partial payment on gas or water or electric bills because of either gasoline or food or both or whatever. Okay. And you start to add up this death of a thousand paper cuts. And I, I really think that the social fabric is at risk going into the midterm elections. And I don't think the Democrats are going to do anything to try to, um, to ameliorate that. that well, that's the, Ron, ameliorate. The, the, <laughs> that's interesting because, I mean, essentially their kind of Hail Mary is, is what we're seeing right now with the January 6th stuff. Um, but we've got all these persistent issues that, hell, you know, the I hate to say it, but most Republicans don't have to talk about anything. They just, you know, say, look at the prices, look at the economy. Right. All these all these types of things that they can just kind of point to. Um, they've got advertisements every day just on at, at every local gas station. Uh, well, I'm going to break in on that, that comment. Um, uh I had read and I forgot who, you know, it was some Democrat, you know, senator, you know, sharpshooting the GOP just in general saying, well, you know, all this complaining from the GOP, just what you said, all they're saying is, oh, such and such is what is your plan? 
That's what her little tweet was. I think it's, I think that's what also was a tweet. What is your plan, GOP? And I'm, you know, pretty sure, you know, many, many, many months ago, many months ago, you know, folks were saying, well, you know, one plan point number one is we could become energy independent again and open up Keystone pipe, you know. So they have, quote, uh, you know, uh, articulated a plan. It was actually preemptive, so we didn't get to the fucking point we're at right now, you know, so that we don't go down this shithole that we're going to create 12 well, months I think, ago. I, I, think, I think that's part of the aspect of this, Mike, and that is I can sit here and, and, and delineate sort of four or five top things that are pretty easy, easy. levers to pull, easy. right? So get control yeah. of the border, produce as much energy as you can, don't export any food um, uh, until we've got sufficiency in, in the continental United States. I mean, they're just sort of common sense solutions that don't get to the sort of systemic societal rot that we've seen, but they do address the current uh, set of problems that we're going to face in the next uh, 12 to 14 months. Yeah. Now, it's not that hard. Right. No, I mean, there's there's a lot of little things that can be done immediately, just like you and Mike were saying. Um, real quick, Lance Corporal. By the way, on, on the uh, go ahead, but uh, on, on on the chat, uh, yeah, um, if you're starting a garden for the first time, uh, beans are a great place to start, and particularly string beans and stuff like that. Hey, I got uh, a lot of hot peppers growing in my yard, man. And and, and peppers are also good. They're um, they're going to make well, the, shitty, the shitty cuts of meat that you are able to get edible by seasoning uh, them with 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 pepper oddly enough on the uh, on the uh future conflict gilded server we have uh, a very good uh um, kind of chat on uh prepper topics and we you know a lot of the people in there talk about gardens and 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 that type of thing so uh, i would if you're not already uh in the gilded i would recommend go over there and join up and uh and get involved in that kind of conversation because uh, there's I, a lot of there's a lot of experts that know a hell of a lot more about it than I do in there. I, I think I think one of the other things for people to think about is in, in ter- also in terms of vegetables is your protein supply. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I mean a lot of us want to go out and have you know 800 head of cattle and do whatever we that that and that's not that's not a realistic or 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 practical sort of solution. But I'll tell you what it is. And, Swab. And, Chickens, chickens chickens work well okay even in suburban areas there's now yep. zoning restri- zoning restrictions have been lifted in terms of keeping your own chickens so you mm-hmm. get both eggs and the chickens themselves uh if you're in a little bit more of a rural setting i hate them uh, i hate fucking goats but but goats are not a bad solution from that perspective and i saw mention of lentil and goat stew that's okay but also sheep uh, lamb and lentil stew is a tremendous meal if you know how to do it correctly. Um, uh, and and ro- chickpeas. 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 If you want to grow chickpeas in your garden, that's a pretty easy thing to do that's pretty robust. And, and ultimately, you can make flour chickpeas if you really want to. Um, Lance Corporal Veteran for $10. The Bronze so- Age collapse was brought on by drought and famine and ended with many tribes joining in mass piracy and local kingdoms overthrown. I don't know if it was just 
famine and drought that that caused the Bronze Age collapse. A, a very fascinating topic, by the way, guys. If if you have never looked into it, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's it, that's true. I mean, you do see these kind of stressors on populations when the supply of uh, of people outstrips the supply of food. You tend to see violence and migration and all kinds of societal friction uh, being injured. <laughs> I, I have to go to Karen's comment. Yes, uh, our golden retrievers didn't eat our chickens. They ate the neighbor's chickens. Uh, and, <laughs> and I think one of the things that was my wife's most horrific early experience in the United States um, when we moved back here, and that was our, our female golden retriever came trotting back into the yard with a chicken in her mouth and proceeded to eat it live in front of her from the middle right and nice. and so uh that was a that was a that and the fact that they chased our ducks out into route 22 there in, in central virginia and they got hit and uh, one of the good old redneck boys said hey lady is this your duck and and you know roadkill is a form of protein if you can move with some alacrity with respect to the timing between the kill and the and the collection there so he made off with our, our our nice fat duck, and and that was that was that. <clears throat> Kevin Dorr for ten dollars says the problem with GOP winning the 20, uh, 22 mids is their fix for everything is tax cuts. I hate taxes like the next guy, but it's not the fix all when uh, they won't cut spending nine hundred billion for DoD uh, f and waste. Well, you know, Kevin, I I don't know that there's a great deal of demand for tax cuts because there hasn't been much in the way of tax increases since the Trump tax. N nobody's really rolled back the Trump tax cuts. I mean, there are still states that are no longer have deductions for state and local taxes, which drives we, the Democrats crazy. We uh, cut spending, but, maybe. Huh? We could cut spending, maybe. Well, you you can cut spending. And so yeah. this, this goes to this goes to what was the, the seminal event in my uh, laser eye uh, moved yesterday, which was that asshole Joe Biden standing up and saying he was one of the, he was cutting spending. Okay, Good God. In in the context of the response to the pandemic, when we spent ten trillion dollars, he he was only spending six, and that made him the balance the budget balancer. And, still spending and, and money. If if I could have reached through the television screen, Kamala Harris would have, would be president today, but. Um, <laughs> So maybe it's a good thing that I couldn't. Uh, but but that that is the point. I mean, we just need to get spending in control. OK, we we are at record tax receipts. Uh, if you look at the current tax yeah. code, we are at record tax receipts, not the least of which has been driven by the artificial uh, wealth that is the stock market. That's that the air is coming out of that balloon pretty heavily. I won't even talk about Bitcoin because I don't want to piss certain people off but uh but but as it relates to bitcoin if you're familiar with the company microstrategy keep an eye on microstrategy michael saylor there has loaded the balance sheet of microstrategy which was sort of a middling software company um with bitcoin and they're now at the point where billions in margin calls are going to be due uh from their lenders they borrowed money to buy bitcoin that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard you, you're going to pay interest to buy an asset class that generates no yield and has no intrinsic value. So I'll stop because a watcher's going to cut me off here in a minute if I don't. But um, 
we are we are seeing a great unwind in in faux valuation of asset classes, with the exception of what I'll call real assets, which are commodities and energy and things of that nature. And um, and, uh, and and this reset's going to take a little while. Well, the Watch only thing on. I'm going to cut the only thing I'm going to cut you off is is just to to ask you why don't you tell them what you what you told me this morning about uh, house buying. Well, I, I think you're going to have the opportunity in, in over the next 24 months to sort of have a a a, um, a reset in terms of the housing inflation that that you're going to see. The problem is is that the supply chain is screwed up, and so there's a there's a constraint in terms of new supply. So as long as supply stays constrained, then then you're not going to see the the magnitude of the reset that you otherwise would. Uh, but interest rates. Look, the first mortgage I ever took out was in the midst of the Volcker era, and and I worked for a bank, and this was the employee rate at the time, and I think the our, I think our first mortgage was at fourteen percent. Um, and so the concept of people thinking that a five percent mortgage is the death knell to the housing right. industry is sort of ridiculous. But Einstein said it a long time ago. It's all relative. It's based on what you know, right? And and so if you're somebody who has levered up and refinanced and you've got your 2.25% mortgage on your house that you think is worth a half a million dollars more than what it's actually worth today, you're not moving. So that house isn't going on the market because you can't replace it and you can't replace the financing. So housing is going to be softer over the next two years, but it ain't going to happen right away. Uh, it's going to happen in 2024. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um... Uh, okay. So that's kind of, we kind of, we've kind of culminated on that. Hey, Mike, why don't you tell us about the, about your, uh, your books? Yeah, sure. Watcher, if you go to my Twitter, um, page thing, there's a nice meme, mem, whatever that word is. Meme. Yeah, is this another one of your, your handmade ones? Uh, no, this was, uh, I, I, Keep going. This one, I, I found that that was on the web. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, as uh, and go to the the the, the full meme, um, the full uh, what uh, what Stan was saying about appreciating asset classes. You, you're just not going to find a better collectible than the Warlock books. I mean, those are going to be worth. I'm telling you, fucking thousands of dollars. You know, pennies, thousands of pennies. Are you, are, are, are you going to start to do uh, uh, Warlock NFTs? <laughs> I was yeah, going to say, yeah. it's not like they're Joe Dolio original drawings, uh, which Watcher has one on the way. <laughs> you know, those memes are kind I'm of... I'm so excited. In the same class, Joe. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working <laughs> on it. That's real. That's John Wayne, you know, feeding the motor, motor to... Uh, John, I don't think I've ever seen John Wayne in short pants. That looks like well, a, that's actually why I wanted to bring this up. Okay. The point out blasphemy. This dude is in combat, some British guy in combat. You know, he's doing his thing. That's a real dude. And he's wearing combat uh, uh, cargo shorts. So, anyway, buy the books. Uh, they learned and, that and, lesson. And I did suggest that. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, Father's Day is coming up, so uh, make your dad happy. Make him a proud American. Buy those books. Go back to the 
Kim Dore, I'm starting to think Wall Street not as smart as I thought, or they think they are without government propping propping them up. That, that's a stand thing. I'm 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 out. I'm done. Well, I, look, we 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 have we're in the third wave of Federal Reserve induced asset inflation as a way to stave off the uh, the financial impact of the dot com bust. So. We, 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 we had the dot-com bust, which looks a lot like what the market is doing now in the late 1990s, 1999 and into the first quarter of 2000. And entire companies that were measured by valuation based on clicks and eyeballs disappeared in wholesale fashion, as did people's jobs. And, and we started a war in the Gulf and, and printed money like crazy to stave off the full impact of that reset until we got to the point where we had overheated the housing market in 2007 and eight, it crashed and the pollution of mortgage-backed securities and other asset-backed securities that we had proliferated throughout the entire global banking system went toxic. And so we printed money like a son of a bitch to stave that off. And now we're at the point where um, real asset, real asset inflation, commodities, and inflation have created the next reset, and, and we're going to see, I think, seventy-five basis points today from the Federal Reserve as a, as an interest rate rise, ahead of probably another seventy-five percent in the meeting at Jackson Hole, and and probably a, a, a federal funds rate that this time next year is probably four and a half five percent. People are going to lose their minds. Uh, in the context of what that means to your personal freedom, and particularly in the context of credit card debt is spiking in a, in, in a, in a response to inflation. And when that stuff starts to reset, or you can't just go take your house down to the mortgage lender and say, I'd like to take another $50,000 out because it's worth much more now than it was six weeks ago. When that machine breaks, I think there's going to be some hard truths that get played out. Uh, and, and not to mention your 401k, other aspects of this. So there's a lot of financial reset that's going on. And, and unfortunately, it's not just this one inflation or Putin's war or anything else. This is the accumulation of reversion to the mean that started in 1999. And we forestalled it by printing money. And we no longer have the capacity to just print money to make this go away. I'll just say to Kevin, you know, just remember the one thing about all these smart Wall Street guys. These are all the same guys who came up with the idea of credit default swaps uh, back in the 2000s. Uh, and, and we know where that went. And we're probably actually yeah. not far off from something even worse. Uh, all right. Credit it's, default it's, swap is only worth what the counterparty balance sheet on the other side is. That's exactly right. And, and, as, the problem, and, and the problem is, is they hid bad debt amongst good debt. So, uh, As a great man, Masao, once said, it, it seems like nearly every of one of the most terrible ideas America ever has has an Ivy League graduate behind it. Catherine yeah. Smith for, for $20 says, Bayfield Jukes mentioned of the article of Californians moving to Mexico. You should read the reasons. Uh, the reasons are cost of yeah. living and crime. That's whack. The fact that the cartels are safer than California. Yeah, this there is was actually a, a thing. Uh, Mexican immigrants are moving back to Mexico at an alarming rate. Uh, well, alarming to some, not 
not to others, but uh, because of the 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 inflation and crime and cool thing. Yeah, I uh, was listening to uh, Joe Rogan before the show, and he's got a new episode with uh, Colian Noir on there. By the way, he's a good guy to listen to if you if you're pro Second Amendment kind of. And so uh, he was talking about a gang, like a former gang member, gang leader. I guess he's on social media now. Uh, from L.A. was basically saying he's moving out of L.A. because it's it's too crazy even for a former gang member. Yeah, so I, I hey, think um, that's a good sign of the times. I wanted to bring something up. Um, Mike's photo there of the of the guy dropping a mortar in the tube reminded me of a video that came out yesterday. Awesome. Uh, did, did you that find that awesome. watcher i i didn't uh, i i haven't seen it yet can you, i thought you were gonna drop it in the chat sorry i'll, I'll keep it oh on. i it's on my feed somewhere basically uh young lad or i actually thought it was a, a woman but is, is training on how to use a mortar and uh she drops the or they drop the 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 mortar bomb into the into the tube but left their hands right there at the top. And so, head. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And fortunately, the sergeant grabbed a hold and, and threw this person. But uh, they got some pretty serious burns on their hand and probably some cuts from the fins. Um, man, uh, I, I, I thought you had that ready. Um, I was thinking. Of- What's that, Mike? I, I was thinking it was some second lieutenant. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's what was. I thought. That's what I thought too. That it was some like one of these like orientation shoots. Here we go. Oh, you found oh. It? <laughs> See, he didn't pull him out back. I mean, he got knocked back by the blast because he just didn't. He just let it go, and he didn't. You know, no, I think part and, of that the NCO snatching him back, and he sees yeah. what's going. On. We saw the fingers kind of dangling over the opening. That I mean, that's not smart. Now. What, when uh, who, ah. so before going uh, on to active duty, I, I did uh, a program where you go to boot camp and then spend your senior year in a reserve unit, right? So, in a reserve unit, I was attached to a mortar section, and they taught me that when you drop that, you run your hands down the side of the tube yep. to remind you to get your hands out of the way for that very reason. And uh, wow, <laughs> a, a harsh lesson was learned that day. Oh yeah, definitely. I I saw that, and I've I've I when I was a lieutenant once upon a time, we did like our, um, I think we did an eighty-one millimeter mortar check type thing, and uh, and we did a one hundred five howitzer, and 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 it was they they made you kind of do it once without the round just to kind of prove that you knew how to kind of go through the action. So, yeah, I mean it was a it was a thing way back then too, but. Uh, mortars are a lot of fun if you if you you know if you don't don't be stupid about them yeah um <laughs> all right um let's see ron what do, what do you got to tell people about today just <clears throat> nothing i got you love life oh i love life you know i i understand why stan was upset yesterday i you know president Biden's comments to the AFL-CIO, you know, he, he takes everything super personally. He's not dealing with policy or, or anything like that. And uh, that that's very worrisome. Every Everything is a personal insult to him. Um, and I just find it reprehensible that he's, 
he has to, you know, go off in a public forum like that and not come up with solutions. If, if he doesn't understand or his regime doesn't understand that people are hurting, people are worried, people are, are scared, then this regime is totally out of whack. And in some earlier comments in the chat, it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think the Republicans that inhabit Washington, D.C. are, are going to offer any great um, original solutions. It, it's all a big grift. Um, the, uh, the Republicans, when they're out of power, love to fundraise um, using, you know, Nancy Pelosi or, or uh, you know, whatever the, the current bugaboo Democrat is. But when they get in power, they're totally emasculated. So it's it's going to be a tough road. I don't I don't I don't have a lot of faith in the 2022 elections. You know, I've actually got a meme for that. Well, of course you do. Yeah, you're the meme god. You can throw the switch at any time, but you won't be able to use the threat of the trolley to fundraise anymore. <laughs> well, I I I I'm going to be interested to see whether or not we have midterm elections. And I know that sounds like a tin hat conspiracy sort of no, tinfoil uh, no, thing. I, I think I, it's perfectly reasonable. Uh, it's I, it's I worrisome. It's worrisome. And, and, and the more you see outcomes like that district in Texas that uh, 84% Hispanic uh, went Republican. Went Has Republican. never gone Republican before. Uh, well, by, went Republican by a significant margin. Uh, the more and, you uh, see and, that, the more that they're going to be grasping for, you know, Well, let's be to... honest. Before the events that happened at 3 a.m. happened, Donald Trump won Wayne County, Michigan. Absolutely yeah. unheard of. Yeah. Unheard of. Yeah. Well, and then also uh, his, his <laughs> Lord and Majesty uh, Elon Musk also, I believe, voted in that district that went, uh, went red. Uh, and said he voted Republican, so I thought that was interesting. Oh. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to empower Elon too terribly. Yeah, I, I, I think don't, I, think I don't we want to get started think, down the Elon road. I think we. I think we. We abdicate our citizenship and our responsibilities by vesting too much of our hopes and dreams, and 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 creating reasons for us not to act by saying. Let somebody so, else fix. Exactly. The biggest problem, you know, I, I, you know, Eli can do whatever want he wants, but people like relying on him to fix their problems for him. This is just another. That, that's what progressives do. They want other people to fix their problems. It's another uh, example of my famous phrase in one of my articles: "Give me liberty, or give me Netflix." Americans would rather just let somebody else deal with the problem than deal with it themselves. Um, you know, we, we, we mentioned something earlier, um, and it just got me kind of thinking, uh, and it goes into the education bin as to why we are where we are, where we have a, an entire generation that just can't grasp the idea that, you know, a garden might be helpful because that generation uh, is somehow unaware of the thing called the great depression and that's called history yeah however yeah my grandparents had food stored literally everywhere because they lived through the great depression however yeah. you know we are in the midst of this generational geniuses that uh, want to rename monkeypox because it has <laughs> kind of racial 
um, something. You know, it has a you know, I think that and article... they demanded a court decide if an elephant was a person or not. No, I, I think that article, that, that article about the monkeypox should have been better titled uh, WHO Equates Monkeys to People. And, and just, just the point is, me, you know, how, 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 you know, why are we, why are we where we are today in the year 2022? And it goes back to, what did you say, 1973, stand with Department of Education, you know, oh, yeah. that is why. And this is, this is just one of the, I don't know. 1500 items that need to be fixed to get us back on track. I digress. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't I don't want any, I don't want anybody to have to be my savior. I don't want to have to vest my outcomes in the in the ability of somebody whether it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or Pete Buttigieg or whomever, okay? For them to do for them to be to be right, okay? Um, and, and I, I give Trump a lot of credit. He did a lot of good things against some really remarkable malfeasance directed his way. But I'm not so sure I want to see Donald Trump run for president again. Um, yes. I, I, I just, you know, I've been there, done that. And I, I'm not sufficiently convinced that he's learned enough from what he did wrong the first time. And, and I don't know that I want to take the country back through that because that's that's all the democrats have that's this whole january 6th thing is evidence of that that that's the only thing they have in the context of 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 a policy position which is you know orange man bad yeah, yeah i make mention of the sinusoidal wave of policy in this country mm -hmm. you know, up there at the peak down to the trough up to the peak down to the trough when you look at the the, the trend of that line, uh, it's a straight line. We're not going up. We're not going. We're just we're just kind of maybe yeah. somewhat keeping up ahead of water. And yeah, I, I don't think uh, uh, the, the prior president needs to. Uh, he just won't add value because we're just going to get into another. We're going to sling mud at him until he dies. We're going to re-legislate all the shit in 2016. We'll yeah. go nowhere. So that, that it wouldn't be helpful. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, now that said, I you know the gas prices and some I, I think some of the policy initiatives, uh, particularly foreign policy that he undertook, were absolutely spot on. And I think that they've been I think they've been demonstrated as such. And so I don't know that we have to go back that he's the sole source of rational thinking as it relates to acting in America's interests first. No. I think there's enough of the population. That's been inoculated with that vaccine. I'm not saying he was wrong. Yeah. I'm not no. saying he was wrong at all. I'm just saying that he, he was a lightning rod. Yes, yeah, I know. I, 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 I take your. I, I, take it. Yes. I, I, I agree, but I want to bring us back to reality, and hopefully this will ground us to move on to the next topic a little bit. I, I, I agree, but here's the issue: he's going to run again. He's essentially already announced that he's going to run again. If he runs again, he's going to get the nomination. He's like, I, 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 I agree with you. I wish he wouldn't. I, I very much do not trust the guy. I, I wasn't even going to vote for him this time until he officially signed on to uh, anti-CRT stuff. Um, Listen, though, this is all assuming this doesn't come off the rails by then, and that's just that's just false dreams. So. Well, and I think I think to that the point about being angry and the point about not wanting to be 
dependent upon the federal government to look after my well-being. I, I'll go back and to my point earlier that, and that is, who your governor is is probably more important than anything because, in the event that you get sort of a, a, a devolution of authority in this country, call that what you want—a divorce or a civil war, conflict or regional sort of breakup. Who your governor is is going to be more important to you in, in, in that construct than, than not. And and so there was a one of the one of the things that set me off yesterday was this one of the male members of the squad. I and I I honestly didn't know there was a male member of the squad other than Iana Presley. Um, and um, yeah, Dan Crenshaw. Well. <laughs> I, I, I think the thing to do is just ignore Dan. Let him let him open a black rifle coffee shop someplace and be done. Um, the, the but this this squad member saying that uh, that that uh, voting Republican was going to be the was going to be the, the the precipitation of the next civil war, and my comment was is that I don't I think the left thinks that's more of a disincentive than I do. Um, yeah. I'm not so sure that we're, I'm not so sure that we're not headed in that direction one, one way, shape or form or another, because I don't have any common ground with most of my political opponents at all on any issue from, well, from, from life to gender, to, uh, education, to economics, to religion or lack thereof. Uh, I, I, there, I don't have any common ground. There, there's no sense of where my Venn diagram overlaps theirs any longer. And so the typical response is, then leave me the fuck alone. There you go, Mike. That was for you. And, and leave me the fuck alone. And, 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 the response, and the response is, we don't want to leave you alone. That's the other aspect of our political opposition so, is that they're unwilling to leave us alone. Yeah, I want to. I want to make that very point. So a lot of people say, "Well, you can't, you can't resist, and you can't push back, and we can't get get vocal and, and maybe even violent about it because that gives them what they want." Well, listen, not doing it, they're going to get what they want. They're not just going to leave you alone. So everyone has to make a decision about what they're willing to tolerate. Where's, where's and, your and line? I made mine a long time ago. You, you need to define, whoever you are in, in society, you need to dis define a personal point of view that says, this is my line that you cannot cross as it relates to any of the key issues in your life. And if you aren't doing that, you're being boiled alive one degree at a time. And you're going to get what you deserve. Um, on that note, let me just hit up these uh, got a couple of super chats. Uh, anti comedy for two dollars. A man evolved from ape. Ape evolves to sheep. This is a very kind of, you know, that's true. <laughs> and then everything evolves into crab. That's everything. Right. Kevin Dorf for five dollars said, "I'm worried about DeSantis foreign policy wise. Will he take on NATO?" DOD, CIA, DOJ, all those need to be cleansed out uh, and major reforms. Um, well, well, listen, yeah. Donald Trump's presidency should have proven to you that who sits in that building makes no difference whatsoever. They're going to do well, what they want to do. If he's able to, if who, if the president, whoever he is, is able to, uh, can, you know, kind of 
motivate Congress. Oh, uh, oh wait, a wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, wait. now. Hold on, hold on, he, can, he, that he can do stuff. Yeah, right, I'll, we'll circle back to that. I just want to smack the shit out of Wesley Clark. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Wesley Clark, it, it's the next super chat. Wesley Clark, he, he, 2024. He, yeah, he's he's trolling you guys, I'm sure. I don't doubt mm. that, but but I, we, that needs to be addressed. <laughs> Wesley Clark. All right, you might ahead. as well vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, that, he's her, yeah, he's her uh, he's her military advisor. No, he carries her purse on campaign. <laughs> but anyway. I could tell you stories about Wesley Clark and the Balkans when he was Sackier, but that would take another half hour, so we won't. Oh, hell, even I've even I've heard probably things about that. Uh, oh, and uh, here we go. And, and so yeah. let me come back. Let me come back to the other question about DeSantis, and that is, I think the the lens you need to look through this for at is no. is. Are these people are these people America first proponents? Okay, so the answer to NATO, the answer to the foreign entanglements, the answer to are we going to create the next you know Gulf War? But this time it's the Gulf of Aden as opposed to some other place. Um, is 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 the leadership in this country prepared to act in America's <laughs> interest first? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and, and I think DeSantis is there, and I think there are other people who are there. Um, and and, and if, if you want one agency that you need to reform more than the others, it's DOJ slash FBI. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That reform, is the, dismantle. That, well, okay. I'm, being, I'm trying to be politic here. Uh, that is the agency that poses the greatest threat to the most freedom that you have at this juncture. You, you know, if if I had my way, I I'd like to see DeSantis wait another cycle. Um, he's still he's he's only forty two. Yep. Um, you know, he could do a lot of good down in Florida. Uh, you know, especially if you know if if Trump has learned lessons uh, and is able to be as effective in the next four years as he was in the last year of his of his uh, presidency. Um, I think he could be a, a good a good candidate. He may not get everything done, um, but if he's got uh, Congress on his side, I mean, let's stop know, the bleeding. Be... I'll settle for that. Let's stabilize right. the nation. Yeah, right. a- absolutely. And then you set it up for eight years of DeSantis following uh, Trump. And who knows? Maybe Trump gets a good VP, and it's a, there's an actual contest for the next. Trump uh, go Paul. around. I mean, I, I think I think there's I think there's several great uh, kind of candidates in the wing that you know that you know four to eight years down the line will be very competitive uh, for the nom- nomination. Um, real quick, let me hit this: Catherine Smith for ten dollars, DeSantis and Colonel McGregor uh, in twenty twenty four, and then we had Kevin uh, McGregor should be. Uh, State Secretary of State or DOD. Remind me again, who am I thinking of, McGregor? The name is not me reading the bell outside of the UFC fighter. That <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty it's sure it's Colonel, not... Colonel guy. That I don't, I don't know who he's talking about. That's just me, Colonel McGregor. He's, I don't know yeah, he's a yeah, uh, far right winger. Okay, I, I just he, don't know him. He reminds me a little bit of the um, of the admiral that was uh, running as the vice presidential candidate with uh, Ross Perot at the vice presidential debate. He goes, "What am I doing here? Why am I what, here?" 
McGregor has no national following. He he he's he's been on Fox News or Newsmax or one of those. And and is he this he, Marine Lieutenant Colonel? No, no, that's, he that's, commanded. No, uh, he, he's fourth He's an army guy. Yeah, he's he's an army guy. Okay. No, he doesn't have a national following. He doesn't have the chops to uh, run a major department, let alone a uh, be the vice president of the United States. So I'm sorry, Kevin. You know, you can fanboy all over you want McGregor, but McGregor yeah. can go be a, like a maybe the secretary of the army or something like that to, you know, get his feet wet and learn how to manage a large organization. But Kind of like the current right vice president there. did. Right. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I think the only real accomplishment that he had militarily was uh, he won the Battle of 73 Easting, which is like me no, and that six was, of my boys. No, no he, he did. That was, no, that, that, was no that, was, that was McMasters. Yeah. It says right here, McGregor, commander of the 4th Cavalry during the Battle of 73 Easting. Took zero well, casualties. Hmm. So McMaster was a lieutenant colonel that was in charge of the battalion that was actually in Actually, combat. he was a major at the time. Is it major? But, but yeah, yeah. major being, or captain. Point being, being involved with and winning the Battle of Seventy Three Easting is like me and four of my boys taking on a kindergarten class at laser <laughs> tag. I mean, it's it's it, it was not it was not exactly a, a master of tactics. It was a bunch of dudes who hadn't eaten in thirty seven days with tanks with half a tank of gas against the, the, the best the, armored the, fighting. The point is, there's, the there's, there's probably better alternatives. I yeah. think that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's probably yeah. a good dude, but like you know, he probably needs a little more, uh, you know, seasoning maybe. Yeah, McGregor was McMaster's commander. That's where I knew that name from. Um, all right. Anyway, so uh, let's. Uh, anyway, Ron, I wanted to hear what you had to say about this uh, little post that we have up. Here oh, on, oh, it's uh, been on the screen for for quite a while. Um, I hope some. I hope folks have read it. Um, I found this yesterday, and I, uh, it's been said before by others, uh, especially those of us in the agency that, that understand what, what needs to be done if, if the agency really wants to get back to the purpose it was designed to be. Um, and uh, it really does need to be completely emptied out and fumigated because um, there's, no, there's no way we're going to be able to uh, separate the uh, – the wheat from the chaff, the good from the bad, just get rid of them all and uh, let everybody yeah. reapply, but, and, and start over again, because the, uh, the building, the people in the building, the organization itself is, is hopelessly um, corrupted. And I don't mean corrupt in, in a, like, uh, but they've been, they've been intellectually corrupted. They no longer uh, can accurately predict or provide the intelligence that the uh, that the president and the uh, the, the policymakers need to uh, to operate. Um, I mean that right there. You know what? Yeah, Kabul's going to hang on. You know, Kiev's going to fall. I mean, these guys have no clue. And part of the problem is is having worked in and around some of these analysts who really run the agency these days. Is they're very um, they basically ask the policymakers. So what is it you want to hear? What is it you want me to tell you? And um, and so they craft the intelligence to to uh, to say that to uh, arrive at the preconceived notions. I know that's 
you know, a lot of people are going to say, um, oh, yeah, I've always known that. But it's it should be very disturbing to all of us. Um, well, a, we, a good uh, example, a good example of that, Ron, is you look at Mike Flynn when he was the head of DIA. Right. And he kind of took a different uh, understanding, maybe not him, but, you know, he he gave the analyst the option of take a look at the facts. Tell me what, you know, the facts tell you. And mm-hmm. then, you know, made that public, if you will. And look what oh, happened yeah. to him. He got yeah. right. Yeah. He well, and everyone that, you know, went down that road because it was against the current regime. He got mm-hmm. raped. He got asphalt. And that answers <laughs> your question. I, I, I tell you what, you know, you say what you will about the about the guy after his DIA days. But the things that I saw him doing in the DIA were really good. Yes, uh, they at were. Least, at least from the standpoint of where I was at at a, at a brigade combat team in Afghanistan, they offered to let us embed one of, you know, like like an actual cell of people from our S2 shop in the uh, DIA. Um, so we had that kind of reach back at the, at you know, like <laughs> resident at the DIA. It was, it, I couldn't believe that they were giving us that kind of access. It was, it was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, you know, anyway, it's, no, this is good insight, Ron. And, you know, I mean, these... I like this one here. This where was it? Any any organization that recruits from academia is going to churn out chumps. Uh, ain't that the, ain't that right? Ain't that the truth? Um. All right, Stan. Where can the folks find you? Out there on uh, the interwebs. Uh, just uh, just at the Virginia gentleman um, on Twitter. Um, occasionally at uh, at. Uh, at uh, Belsky Otriad, um, which is uh, we're building a fighting force of extreme potency um, to borrow from the Kentucky Fried movie. And if you've not seen that, I recommend that you do. Um, and uh, we're land banking some stuff for Substack uh, probably after the 4th of July. So uh, we'll be commenting on a more regular basis uh, as the Virginia gentleman on Substack in a freer format um and we'll see we'll see if anybody wants to pay attention um and and those links are down in the description uh i believe so so you can find uh stan uh virginia gentleman down there um let's see ron you're where can they find you on the uh the interwebs oh just find me on twitter at oga underscore ron um I'm uh, I'm taking a break from uh, a lot of uh, Twitter posting and and uh, things like that. I'm uh, going to redo my uh, my website, obviously, since the campaign is no longer active. Um, but that's a project for another day. And uh, in the meantime, I'm just going to be enjoying the Black Hills of South Dakota. You know, Ron, I need to I need to try to try to recruit you to uh, to write a. Uh to write a, a blog post for our, our website. I, I, I wouldn't know could, what to write about. I bet we can think of some stuff. Oh, I'm sure we can. Uh, anyway, just you know, give it some thought. Uh, Mike, where can they find you out there in the wide, wide world of sports? On uh, Twitter. Uh, go to the Twitter thing. Uh, that will bring you to the Amazon thing. That's kind of it. I, I, one of these days, I will do a website. I get 
do that. And, we, and we've got that Amazon link down in the description as well. Uh, Joe, you're easy, man. You've got your own, your whole website already set up. You're I have an entire media empire going on. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, yeah, you can find me at tactical, All of which uh, is linked down in the description. What's that? No, I say all of which is linked down in the description below. Yeah, you can, you can track me down. I'm not, I'm not hard to find. I don't hide. Watcher, is there anything the folks should be uh, should be uh, aware of? Yeah, I mean, I, I I had actually teased out earlier before we had spoke before the show uh, about the patches, and so I do at least want to kind of address if you were unable to buy for one reason or another, stick stick around. There's going to be some opportunities in future thanks to some excellent members of our community, and I'll leave it at that. Yes. Yeah, we have some. We we've got a lot of studs in this community that are really kind of, uh, you know, they're, they they definitely got their eye on the idea of of helping us build a, a bigger community, and 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 they're all about it. So we appreciate that. Um, Watcher, what's uh, what what's on store for uh, the Friday episode? Ah, yes. So, hey, everybody, we're, we're going to release this graphic as soon as the show's over. We, we do request that you share it around, but uh, we've got Six Hexenhammer inbound for, uh, for Friday's show. Uh, give me just a second, and I'll pull up our, our fun little thing we got. Got to find the right folder. Was not prepared. Are you going to explain who that is for those of us who aren't? smart yes well six <laughs> x and hammer is a uh he he's an internet commentator he does a uh he does a lot of commentary he's he's a little bit granola i mean he was uh he studied botany in college and uh he has since made a, an empire out of selling uh, uh long forgotten out of print occult and uh similar books stuff like herbal all kinds of different things are um, we really going on at 9 a.m pacific <laughs> oh no well, i'll fix that before it goes out good, yeah, good point we, thank we, you we we have some uh some changes to make on this yeah. one so i'm so. telling you zulu time solves all problems it does I, well, it really it does. does yeah um, anyhow uh anyhow. yeah so regular regular time obviously nine uh eastern daylight time uh but uh yeah so please stick around and, and please share that out. Uh, I think he's also going to be sharing out that, uh, that thing. So is this guy, is this guy still a Satanist? I just want to know the answer. No, 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 no. I've said that before. He more than 10 years ago. He, uh, I think he generally says he is spiritual and not religious. Um, so that's, oh, so he's that's Pope. no, well, no, yeah, uh, that's, so, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read some of yesterday's because uh, uh, he does lots of videos every day, and so I'm yeah. gonna read some of the titles of his videos just so you get an idea of what he's talking about. Yeah, um, the gun control debate recap and a shout out for break the rules. It's afraid um, Biden's approval has broken through its long term floor and is going down. The crypto crash doesn't bother me in the least. That should that should uh, entice you there, Stan. No, I, I look. He's I, I just, if you're in crypto, you're crazy. That's all there is to it. So. Ron has his uh, hand up, and I think we should address it. Oh, I came and see him. Ron, what's up? Well, I'm just okay. So he, I, I got some of his commentaries and everything like it. But what issues are we going to discuss, and how is he going to contribute to it? Well, we're we're the uh, the schedules. He's going to Ukraine to catch up yeah. with Miles. I think that's the. 
<laughs> what are you talking about? He, he's he's going to go be Miles' girlfriend. It would be, be uh... All right, seriously, come so, on. No, no, no. We, we've we've got the schedule sorted. It's it's uh, like I, I shared the link with you again, but uh, well, I know. Actually, but, but, but you might want to give the people uh, a little bit of uh, well, topic no, no, number two is I, wet taste. You know, give them so a I, taste. Top, I just here. I'll. I just had to open it so I could read it. Uh, <laughs> Um, let's see. We've got what will the next war look like? Um, Sticks is going to have some topics, so he'll have a segment, and then we'll have uh, preparation for this for this summer. So it'll we're talking uh, kind of going into the election season and and all of the spiciness we expect to see in the streets, which are hmm. things he discusses every day. He's okay. actually been uh, he's been encouraging his followers to prepare for food shortages for the last two years. So. Okay, sounds good. And uh, and you know we can be, we can be as nice or as mean to him as, as does he does he no, cuss no, or, or are we going to have to watch our language? Is, he cusses. Have to... He cusses and he rolls with the punch as well. He's been he's been doing okay. online content creation for a lot longer than we have, and he's been come at by uh, a lot bigger and smarter than us before. All right, because so, I, I don't I don't want to hear any whimpering like I heard from Miles when I when I when I eviscerated him. <laughs> See, I can use a big word too, Stan. Eviscerate. Ah. Oh, I love it. You practice All right. that part of the mirror, didn't you? And he probably won't try to get this involved in violating <laughs> federal law like uh like uh like some people did. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, 91 people here. If you haven't done already, hit that like button, subscribe to the video, uh, hit the bell for notifications. Please share the video out uh, on social media. Um, it's really the only way we have to kind of get new people to, uh, because we can't rely on the uh, Google algorithm uh, to help spread the word here on YouTube. So um, that being said, uh, we yes. have had a great time. We appreciate you guys. And uh, you guys all uh, stay safe.